All right, welcome to a special midweek episode of the Sports Ethos Los Angeles Chargers podcast. I'm here with Shane. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Good. We were supposed to record yesterday, but I fell asleep because work is killing me. <laughs> um, so, uh, well, well, we're here now. So, there we go. Um, happens, happens to the best of us. Honestly, it does because it's life and we get tired. What What else do you expect? Um, all right. So... Uh, mostly it's going to be more of a news and notes day just because it's, you know, a midweek show. We didn't have like a big one last week. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about some of the games last week. We'll kind of preview some for uh, this weekend. Obviously, there's not really a need to do like a game of the week or a pot cookies or anything like that because a lot of the games do matter, even if they are pot cookies this week. So uh, it doesn't really make sense to do it. So uh, that will be that for us today. Um, Mostly, and then maybe just some other stuff for the for the uh, for the post credit scene. But I want to start with the Chicago Bears, Shane, because they're they're in an interesting spot, right? Like a lot of people are questioning: like, is Justin Fields their future? Um, you know, can they trade him for some good value? They have the number one pick; they can afford to trade that again this year, thanks to the idiotic trade of the Carolina Panthers. Um, for that, you know, that number one selection that they have. What do you think Chicago is going to do? And and not just Chicago and GM Ryan Pace. What would you do if you're Justin Fields? Would you ask out? Or, because, I mean, he's in a unique position where he's close to a contract year. He has a lot of leverage where he can ask out and potentially, you know, go somewhere else with a new coach or something like that. Well, how do you feel about their whole kind of interesting but weirdly good situation going into the offseason? I mean, I don't know if he really does have that much leverage. If he, like, in terms of where he could go as a starter, because I, I feel like, you know, regardless of, I mean, if he wants to go into next season or just the future in general, um, without the expectation of being the starter, then I feel like he'd have a big market, but. The way it is now, that's probably not where he is, and I get that. Um, but uh, yeah, he's he's not the guy for Chicago. Uh, I'm sorry, but he just isn't. Yeah, I don't think um, so. But I but I know two teams where I think he is the guy for him. I'm gonna give you two teams. Yeah, Seattle I and think Atlanta. Seattle, no, not even close. What? Atlanta, yes. Why no. not? Okay. Seattle with no, Seattle with no Pete Carroll and an offensive-minded head coach. How do you say no? If Pete Carroll well, does go... That, I mean, well, yeah, you have to throw that caveat in there. I'll throw it for Atlanta, too. Do you want, do you want Justin Fields with Arthur Smith, who doesn't know how to throw the ball to his primary targets? Desmond Ritter. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> But, but part of the reason I think Desmond Ritter was bad is because Arthur Smith doesn't know what to do with his offensive playbook. And I think Justin Fields would be worse. I mean, maybe, I don't know. I, I just, I think, you know, they have kind of that like weird pistol spread offense that, you know, like it, it, it works well with a guy like Justin Fields. Or, you know, that's why, like, I think Taylor Heineke's a little bit better for them, even though he's not great. 
Um, I mean, the first thing is they need to get rid of Arthur Smith, but, <laughs> but, you know, aside from that, just looking at the quarterback situation, I do think Justin Fields, you know, even though he's not that much better, he's at least a more natural athlete and runner than those guys are, which is something that I think would benefit Atlanta. But, you know, it's... Seattle is... Seattle is interesting for for him. I don't... I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, it, it would have to... For one, it would really depend on your coach, whoever it ends up being. And... I think, you know, considering all the weapons Seattle has, which they're, I mean, they don't have any, like, A-plus weapons, but they've got pretty good guys. I mean, Metcalf, Lockett, JSN, Walker, like, they're solid. Um, That obviously makes a quarterback's job a little easier, (laughs) but... I feel like when you have all those guys, you need somebody who's, you know, a much more efficient passer and is somebody who's going to make it a priority to get them the ball as opposed to, you know, a guy who just decides to go through his progressions and is like, no, eh, I'm just going to run, you know, <laughs> which works a little better for like, in Atlanta or a, um, or like Philly. I mean, obviously he wouldn't go there because Jalen hurts, but something like that. Um, I think, well, I, yeah, I'll throw the, I'll throw them in there. I think, (laughs) um, the Raiders would also be an interesting fit for him. Really? What? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, because especially if they keep um, Antonio Pierce, which they must at all costs, I would agree. If they if they um, fire, I'm gonna be real, just really quick. If they fire Antonio Pierce on Monday, not only will I lose my mind. If I'm any other NFL team, if I'm Seattle, if I'm Atlanta, if I'm any other team who fires their head coach, I'm calling him up immediately. Immediately, without any I mean, question. Well, and you know, like Max Crosby, Crosby will probably show up at Mark Davis' house with pitchforks and torches. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I don't think. Yeah, I, I feel like they're gonna be. I feel like they're more interested in Caleb at one and. The Bears, that is. And for the love of God, please get rid of Matt Eberflus. Yeah, uh, he's he, not good. He, I mean, you just, you know, when you watch, when you watch the Bears, I notice that, I mean, yes, Justin Fields struggles, but I will, you know. 
I don't think it's his fault. Him- I really don't. I don't think it's his fault. Well, <laughs> I mean, I think he's. I think part part of the blame goes to him. Yes, but the. I think it's more of a case of you know, like he himself is not that great for the NFL, but the system he's in is also not doing him any favors because you watch it and they are, they're just very, the offense is not creative at all. It's so one dimensional. It's insane. And even when there's, I mean, you can see it. There's guys that will be wide open down the field and he, doesn't even see it. He just runs or throws a check down or something. It's like the way I want. I think it's both. But the thing is, the way I the way I feel. I'm sorry to interrupt, but the way I feel with Justin Fields no, is, I think that in this offense, that Matt Eberflus has him running. He has no affinity to look down the field. I just think that part of it is that he's he's so panicky. And the reason why he's panicky is I don't think he's been coached very well on how to play quarterback in the NFL. I feel like if you have a fundamental offensive coach with him, he's a much different quarterback. Right. And that's where I feel like if they keep Eberflus and keep Fields, it's just going to get uglier and uglier and uglier. And that's why if I'm Justin Fields, look, I go to an Atlanta, right? Let's say Atlanta. I ball out. I'm getting a contract. I'm getting an actual contract. And that's part of my thinking here. It's like, bro, if he goes to Atlanta, probably not with Arthur Smith, but with somebody else, an offensive-minded guy, like, bro, like Brian Johnson in uh, in Detroit, maybe. Like, uh, yeah, that would be, that'd be insane. <laughs> like, he, I think it would be insane. I think he'd actually get a proper contract. Which I think if I was his agent, that would be my focus. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, you know, considering his athletic upside, he's definitely somebody that you would have to at least consider, you know. Um, Because we've seen what guys like that can do in the league, like Lamar and Kyler Murray when, when he's healthy, right? It's... It's pretty good. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't think he is playing well, like at an NFL level, just based off what I've seen. But like you said, I also don't think the coaching and the development is doing him any favors. Um, which, you know, I mean, we've seen that before where, you know, a guy, goes to a uh, less than ideal situation and then uh, gets a second chance with another team and all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, look at that. Um, You know, like, for instance, Geno Smith, I mean, you know, he was... I think people forget just how awful he was at the Jets. No, he was atrocious. (laughs) And, uh, but, you know, New York Jets, that's a quarterback graveyard. And... And then he comes to Seattle, which, for having a defensive coach, they have a pretty good track record for developing quarterbacks, like in the last, you know, 10, 15 years. And all of a sudden, he, I mean, he's not like, he's not amazing, but he, you know, he's a serviceable starter. 
right? So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, depending on that being said, maybe Seattle in that case would be good or, um, you know, something like Atlanta, I think would suit him pretty well. You, you know what I like in Justin Fields too, to be honest, and I have an up and down with him, but in the offseason, I'm like, he has a lot of athletic ability to help a roster. What I'm like with him is kind of like Josh Allen. It's like, it's a different leap, obviously, because they have a different skill set. But I'm like, yeah. this guy has an opportunity to make, maybe not close to a Josh Allen leap, but but something there, something in that realm. I, but it, but to me, it matters who's around who's around him in the coaching staff. And Matt Eberflus is not that person. That offensive staff is not no. those people at all. And, and I, I just, that's kind of what I feel about it. But then you have DJ Moore and all these guys being like, yo, he needs to be here. It's like, okay, he needs to be here, but he still needs to develop guys. Like you can't, you can't expect him to start and win you three games. And that's part mm-hmm. of it where I feel like, yeah, the, the, the idea of trading the number one pick for something at the back end or, you know, what they did last year training like five or six or seven as tantalizing as that is. I think it's more approachable for the, for, for the bears to just say, look, we have the selection. We have our own selection. We have a quarterback that we don't trust. We can maybe do a Caleb Williams. Although to be honest, I'm not that high on him anymore. I don't know how you feel about Caleb, but we'll get to him in a second. No. Yeah. I'm starting to feel that way too, but I, but also, regardless of Caleb or whoever it would be, there has to be some thought of like, bro, maybe it's time to just make a change, get a different QB in there, and maybe for Fields it's better for him. I just think it's better for both sides to get to get rid of him. And or just, yeah. I and that's that's kind of where I'm at. Now with Caleb, he's not number one on my board anymore. Is he number one on your board right now? Uh, he never was, but I don't think he ever was for you. He was at the beginning of the year, and I'm like, okay, you have Penix here, you have Daniels, you have guys who actually performed really well in college, and also part of it with Caleb too is, and that's part of my thing with this class as well. This class has a lot of age at the QB position, and that's somewhat concerning about this class. But that being said, experience can be I helpful. Don't, I don't really care. Well, really, you don't. Why not? Ooh. They're one or two years older than the normal age of guys drafted. Who cares? Like, what? they're still fine. They're they they're still gonna have six, seven years before they turn thirty. It's like, I mean, it's I, not a but, big but, deal. But but to me, here's why it's a big deal, Shane. It's the it's the contract. It's the money because you're paying him. You're paying this guy five years of that contract. He's hitting thirty. Like if he's hitting thirty, and you're what? You're gonna pay him approximately sixty mil a year, seventy mil. But they're not young. Like it does concern me for the idea of oh, if I have to pay him after the fifth year option, it's gonna be a boatload of money, and the guy's gonna be Ex- in his prime. Extend them after the, the third year. I, I guess, yeah, but they're. T- I don't know. I mean, it depends. That is true. It, it depends on how the extensions will work or whatever. But that is my ultimate concern. But again, if you get a superstar, you're the, it kind of offsets itself, right? If you get a superstar, you're going to pay him regardless. Um, so 
Other than that, though, did, did Caleb go lower on your board this year after watching this college football season, or was he kind? Is he kind of just staying right where he's at? Uh, yeah, he's gone a little lower. I mean, I, I don't. Know. It's um, to me, you know, a lot of people have been saying that he's. He looks like the next Mahomes, and I was like, wow, he must be pretty good then. And so I started watching him last year, and with that thought in mind, and, you know, I'm seeing him make all these, you know, running around in the pocket Houdini throws, and and I was like, oh, wow, yeah, that's cool. But then I was watching more, and I was like, you know, this guy really it's kind of the Justin Fields issue where, you know, there'll be a guy wide open for a throw and he just like, doesn't see him. He's instead running around like, Oh yeah, let me be fancy. And yeah. And then it's like, I mean, there's that, but also, you know, then he has these, moments where you know he'll just throw deep to you know a guy who's in double coverage and it's like just not even there and it it's like what what are you doing that for like just to show off your arm strength i mean <laughs> and yeah you know it's it's just a lot of uh a lot of stuff like that and to me i guess it just felt like I just got the impression, oh, and that's not even mentioning the whole thing about, oh, I need to be a part owner of whatever team drafts me. Like, dude, shut up. I mean, you, I, I don't know. I don't know what's the update on that, but I feel like I feel like he wants to really like whatever team drafts him. He wants to like really have a say in yeah. the organization. Um, I'm like, okay. Yeah, that's not how that works. But <laughs> like, yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, no, I, I'm. It just seems like a bizarre attitude, to say the least. Um, yeah, I'm just not. Uh, these are just all like. It, it feels like, basically, it feels like he's more concerned about looking flashy than he is with, you know, just actually being a good quarterback. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, I also. I also felt this year that he just fell down. I wasn't that impressed with him this year as I was last year. And I look at guys like Penix who are leading guys to the playoff and we'll get to the playoff a bit later. And, you know, and Bo Nix, I'm like, these guys are, these guys are real NFL quality quarterbacks who have been in the, been in the college system for a while. And maybe that's the new trend. Who knows? Guys who stay in the college system pretty long and, and find their belong in the tooth, I guess, and find their way. But who knows? Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll see how it goes. Obviously, we'll have to see what his pro day looks like. We'll have to see what his combine looks like. But I'm kind of with you there. Of like, and maybe that's maybe the Bears are there too, and they'd be like, okay, we're still going to trade the number one pick to a team who we know is probably going to go with Caleb, and maybe that opens it up too. So there's options as well there if they're not super interested in Caleb. Uh, the the Jets. And Dalvin Cook mutually parted ways this week. And Dalvin Cook had some interest, obviously, and then ended up signing 
with the Baltimore Ravens. Look, the Ravens right now, for me, I'm buying all the Ravens stock after last week. I think they're the best team in football. I think I don't think Lamar should win the MVP. I think they're the best team in football, clearly, at this point. But aside from that, people are freaking out about them signing Dalvin Cook. They just need running back depth. It's just running back depth. It's fine. Like, why are people yeah. going nuts? Like, like, like he's not going to take over the RB1 there. He's just there to give them RB depth, which they desperately need for how many damn injuries they've had over the years. At a crucial time yeah. getting to the playoffs here. Why are people freaking out thinking he's like still his thousand-yard rusher self? He's not that anymore. But that's fine. No. They're not signing him for that. Well, it, and I'm pretty sure it just said he signed there for the playoffs. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, it is for the playoffs. It's a playoff contract. Yeah. Which, yeah, I mean, even then, it's like he is. You know, he's had um, not he. The Ravens have what have they lost? Their top two backs. Yeah. Um, so I mean, yeah. <laughs> I th- I'm pretty sure, you know, I feel like Gus Edwards will be, like, in the playoffs, he'll kind of be the one, and then Dalvin Cook, he'll be, like, the the two, maybe, like, a third down back, you know and maybe I mean? And Just, maybe Mitchell comes back, and he's a scat back kind of player who comes in in certain packages. Right. Like, they desperately need a guy like Dalvin Cook just to help move the chains. And that's yeah. it. That's all he's going to do. And that's a good thing. This is a team that needs all the help they can get because even if they've been the best team of the regular season, which they have been at points, not only this year, but in previous years, the playoffs are a different animal for the Baltimore Ravens as it is for as it will be for a lot of teams this year. I I, I think get all the help you can get, and he's perfect for that. Well, not to mention, no Mark Andrews. Who um, might be back if they get to the Super Bowl. Right, like so. There's cool. that too, right? So, and I think Ronnie is Ronnie Stanley still out. I think he might be. Yeah, I I have to look at the practice which reports. Is, I mean, that's big. He, <laughs> um, because he's probably a top three left tackle in the game. I would, I would, say. yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, you know, it's especially when you get to this time of year. It's like, yeah, if you can. If you can pad out the roster like that, it's going to help a lot, especially because, you know, you look at the rest of the AFC. I mean, um, Bills are getting hot. They got the other cook up there, Dalvin, who's doing really well as of late. James, um, yeah. Yeah. You said, yeah. You, yeah. You said Dalvin. Oh, yeah, James. Yeah. Um, well, and no, then- okay. No, you know what, though? They're, have you seen the thing about their first and middle names. What, what, what the Cook brothers? Oh, so 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 Dalvin's middle name is James, and then James' middle name is Dalvin. Oh heavens! Okay, so they're James Dalvin Cook and Dalvin James Cook. God damn it! <laughs> um, and then, but on top of that, too. Speaking of kind of where the AFC is, we have Bills Dolphins for the AFC East title, and the Bills basically need to win to get in. And the Dolphins are getting cooler and cooler here because their defense isn't kind of where they need to be. This is a perfect opportunity for the Bills not only to, to get hot, but be like, oh, yeah, we have the two seed. Oh, yeah, we're, we're a top team in the AFC. Like, this, this is an opportunity where they're getting hot at the right time. 
And again, it hasn't been perfect, but I don't think either of these teams have been perfect either, so it's going to be a really interesting matchup, but I also have a feeling that the Bills' offense is going to have to find a way to keep up with this Dolphins' offense, right? Both of these offenses are going to have to be are going to be big keys for this game. How do you feel about how it could play out, though? Yeah, I definitely... I, I, I like Buffalo here. Uh, you know, I just... Looking at... Comparing these two teams, uh, you know, especially like at this point in the season when, you know, the injuries are <laughs> are stacking up and, um, you know, my, Miami, that's a type of offense that is great for the first couple of months. But then, you know, it's so it's so reliant on the on the deep pass and the the quick routes and, the you know, that. Once you get into this time of year, it doesn't work as well. I mean, it still does, but it's not like like it was. Um, and you know, I think offensively, Buffalo's really started to find an identity with um, you know having Josh Allen not necessarily <laughs> being a savior, just you know, just throwing a lot to digs running if he needs to, and then having a consistent run game with Cook. You know, all these things combined, it's really uh, helping them a lot. And I just feel like it's going to be too much for Miami's defense to keep up with. And, you know, on the other side, I mean, Miami, that's also a good offense. But, you know, they're Buffalo's defense... They've, you know, they've also had their fair share of injuries, but um, I think on the secondary, they're pretty solid. Um, Well, both these teams are on the secondary, but in any case, you know, I feel like if there's any, if there's any team that's going to be able to sort of limit what they're doing, what Miami's doing, it would be these guys because... Um, they really have, they really have the right guys in all units of the defense, you know. So uh, it's going to be. I feel like it's going to be a good game, but I think it's. I just don't see Miami being able to being able to pull it off. But you never, you never know with Buffalo. Even if they're the favorite, they always. Seem to sneak into a game here and there where you're like, what the hell happened? <laughs> yeah, Buffalo Buffalo to me always has those games, and that's what kind of weirds me out about this matchup. Speaking of Week 18 being weird, we have Blaine Gabbert starting for the Chiefs. We have... Uh, <laughs> let's think about this. We have Blaine Gabbert Blaine starting for the Gabbert. Chiefs. We have Carson Wentz starting for the Rams this week. Um... There's more weird ones. Uh, Sam I, Darnold for the Niners. Sam Darnold starting for the Niners. This is uh, so we're in our Pick'em League. Well, I'm still battling to try to win our Pick'em League, and I'll be honest, I'm just kind of picking favorites and letting it go because I'm gonna be honest here. I don't know what to do with half of the teams with backup QBs this week. In our pick yeah. league. Because it's like, what 
what do you like? People are just kind of as you do in a pick'em league, kind of blindly pick the favorite anyway. But this week, especially, I'm like, do I? Re- how much do I need to factor in the quarterbacks? Does it really matter? A lot of these teams don't have a lot to play for necessarily. Some do, obviously. Some don't. The ones that do, obviously, have bigger, you know, primetime slots or whatever. It's just, it's weird, man. Like I I it, and like playing fantasy in week eighteen again, which is asinine. We did it one year. I'm never doing it again. Uh, thanks ESPN for making that your standard default setting. Why is that your standard default? Anyway, it's kind of dumb. It's unbelievable. But it's like I don't know. Like and that's part of week eighteen too. It's like for so for so much. I, I think for us especially, we're just waiting for Sunday night football to end. And we come on here and be like, okay, what are the playoff matchups? What are we diving into, right? And then a team that we're going to dive into a lot on Sunday, which I think, importantly speaking, we're going to dive into, is the Cleveland Browns. And the Browns is a team I feel like we haven't talked a lot about as Super Bowl favorites, but a lot of people in Vegas are betting for them. They're they're really obviously their defense is great. Joe Flacco's playing out of his mind. One of the things that I don't, I for, on the Rich Eisen show, I think they were talking about this this week, and it, it kind of made me think more about this roster and this team. The turnover issues on offense with Flacco are going to be a concern in the playoffs. And I think that was a really interesting thought, because I have also haven't felt as confident about this offense as I do their defense. So I haven't really put them high in my Super Bowl contender list. Have you put them high on your list? And if not, why not? for the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, I think for me, they're my, I would say they're like my third favorite in the AFC. So not, not super high, but you know, they're up there, I guess. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think, you know, the, the thing for me is even though Offensively, they have been doing great. Not all of it has been against <laughs> amazing defenses. Uh, so I, you know, I feel like they're going to... It, it kind of feels like the 2016 Broncos to me, where they're going to have to be sort of not carried by the defense, but like going to be a little more relied on. <laughs> and... Um, you know, I mean, especially because their offense, I mean, they're missing a couple linemen. They're missing Chubb. And, then, you know, like Flacco, yes, he's been great. But like you said, there's the turnover problem that you have to you have to think about. So, yeah, I I feel like, you know, the, I, I, I would not be surprised if they made a deep run. But you know, if you if you have to get in a like in a shootout with them, <laughs> and or you know some just a, a high scoring offensive game, I don't know. I, I feel like they like, would struggle. Like they don't beat the Dolphins tomorrow. In fact, I think they get smacked by them. Like I don't, I don't think they Dolphins. beat the Dolphins. I don't think they beat the Ravens. I don't. I think they beat the Dolphins. Do you think they beat the Dolphins? Do you think their offense can actually keep up with what Miami does? Well, I mean, no, but def- 
Defensively. I oh yeah, defensively. Yeah. I don't because so I don't think I don't, offense, I don't think then, I don't think their the, offense though. I don't think the Broncos. Against, I don't think the Bron. I don't excuse me. I don't think the Browns can put up like thirty points though, or twenty points against the Dolphins. Why not? I mean, the Browns' offense is better than Miami's defense. Right I, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, you're right. You and might their be right. defense is better than Miami's offense. Do they beat the Chiefs right now? <laughs> yeah. I think the Browns yeah. easily beat the Chiefs right now. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they, they're, you know, that that's a tougher defense for sure. But Browns' defense is a little better, I think. And, you know, um, the Chiefs can't complete a pass this season. So, you know, that's <laughs> that will make things easier. I oh feel like, God. you know, if the, Browns and, if the Browns and Chiefs played tomorrow, even if it's in Kansas City, which if they played in the playoffs, it would be in Kansas City. Um, if they played... I feel like it'd probably be like you know seventeen to seven Cleveland, yeah, like a like a low score, but Cleveland is definitely in control, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah. To to be generally honest, I I continually hate watching. I continue to hate watching the Chiefs. I just oh, it's I can't. I can't. I can't watch them, dude. They're like one of the few teams I just can't. Like, I don't need, I do it because they're interesting, but I'm also like, oh. And then they, and then they, it's, and, it's, then, and then a receiver drops a ball, and I'm like, oh. It's frustrating because defense is great. O line's great. Obviously, Mahomes is fantastic, but, but then you, it's like it's cool because they have all these great pieces. Everything is going well for them, and then they just cannot catch the damn ball. It's, like, <laughs> it's just so it's so frustrating. It's like oh my god. I'm I'm honestly but, I'm honestly gonna let Brandon deal with his Eagles uh, because I'm already done with them after that Cardinals lost. I don't even know what to say. Uh, then maybe we need to consider Sirianni's future. Anything you'd like to add there? Because I don't have anything. I definitely would, I think, at this point. He's, like, a, he's a walk-around guy. Get him <laughs> out of here. I'm, I'm kind of there with that. Uh, <laughs> Seattle, you need the Bears to win. I think that's your season. Uh, a lot to think yeah, about I in mean, the offseason. Even, even if they make it, I'm pretty sure they're not winning the first round. But. Yeah. Uh, other than that, other than that, I kind of want to save the NFC for for Sunday. Just kind of see where it kind of ends up. Same with the AFC. Um, uh, I do want to add in a Chargers topic today. Finally, talking about the Chargers for one thing. Jim Harbaugh, Chargers head coach. What does that sound to you? <laughs> From a Chargers fan, sounds pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you do you like it? Do you think it works? If that uh, is because that's what we're hearing, right? Is there right. could be some mutual interest there? Maybe I'm fairly confident he stays at Michigan at this point. I'll be even if he loses on Monday, I, I don't see it. But but if you do hear that, like if we get breaking news 
Jim Harbaugh's the new head coach of the Chargers. How do you think he works with Herbert? How do you think he works with this roster? Yeah, I mean, I think it. I think it goes pretty well if that happens. Uh, you know, when you, if you look at his track record, everywhere he's gone, he went to a team that was, you know, below average in most cases. And in no time, turned him into a powerhouse. And, you know, he did that at Stanford, San Francisco, Michigan. And, you know, most of that was with <laughs> was with guys like Alex Smith and Colin Kaepernick Frank. and... You know, like and in, JJ McCarthy this year, who in, I don't think either right. of us think is that good. Yeah, I mean he's fine, but like I don't see him as an NFL prospect necessarily. I see him as a backup. Um, that's all. See him as a serviceable yeah, backup. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, he, he'll, yeah. I mean, he'll he'll make the league, just not like a a starter. Um, but you know, Herbert is probably the most talented quarterback he will have ever had. Um, I mean, I think, I don't know who else it would be. <laughs> Maybe Andrew Luck at Stanford, but, um, but you know, that was college. So a little different, obviously. I, because here's the thing too. Why I love this for Harbaugh, especially he's never had a roster that's Super Bowl ready year one. Right. Yeah. Like this is this He's, is a Super Bowl ready. That. This is a Super Bowl ready roster. The moment he signs on the dotted line and has the press conference, yeah, it's I Super Bowl ready right now. In, it's Super Bowl ready right first, now, and they have five wins. Yeah, I mean his his first his first year in San Francisco. You know, the season before. I can't remember what their record was, but they were bad. And the roster was not great. Um, his first season there, they won 11 games. And I think either went to the divisional round or the NFC championship. You know, mm-hmm. in, I mean, dude doesn't waste any time. <laughs> so, but, but this is an actual Super Bowl ready roster. And he comes in and says, okay, thing. okay, here we go. Here we go. No, no recruiting. Maybe pick up some free agents here that want to come here, and then we're good. We're good to go. Let's get to training camp. Let's get to week one. That would definitely, I would think, be sort of a free agent draw. You know? Oh, for sure. So, not um, that they have a ton of money to work with, but some to get some good veterans. And why not? Yeah, but you know. The, th- the thing is, too, I mean, they have, yes, they do have good pieces on their roster, but when you think about it, they're, they're in the most important positions, you know, like quarterback, receiver. Yeah, he's uh, getting older, but he's still good. Yeah. Um, you know, they've got a... Keenan Allen, yeah, Keenan Allen's, Allen's older, but they're getting younger receivers year after year. O line is getting yeah. older, but it's and good. Allen's corners still are good. good. 
Yeah. He's still very and, good. He's very and oh, good. by the way, you've got a guy named Joey Bosa on your defensive line. And Khalil um, Mack, if he resigns, I think he's yeah. I think he might actually be on a two year deal. I think he's back there next year regardless. Yikes. <laughs> Yikes, that's very scary. Um again, why did the C by five wins this year? Gross. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I know. Yeah, my dude, my dog could have been the coach, and they would have won more games. Um, <laughs> oh my god! So, yeah, um, it's no, I I like it a lot, and he's also, yeah, I think he really instills a good work ethic. Not that they need that, but I mean, I think I think I think the Chargers need that. I think they need that. Yeah. I mean, after which, or let me rephrase that. I'm not trying to say that they're like lazy or whatever, but the reason I say that is because they've, they hated their head coach. What do you think? Really? They, they kind of need someone to just like be like, okay, regroup. Here's what we're doing. You know, and, and then go. Um, Like they hated their head coach. If you don't like your head coach, are you going to play hard for him? Hell no. Hell no. no. I know from experience. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so anyways. Um, but yeah, no, I, I like it a lot. I, I've seen I've seen rumors about Belichick too. I'm like, please, no, don't do that. That's not... He can be know. good elsewhere, <laughs> but in LA, no, that's not working. <laughs> um... Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I think if Harbaugh, if they could get Harbaugh, I think that would definitely be the move. But we'll see. Uh, speaking of Harbaugh, let's uh, actually, I'll, we can start with the CFP before we do some Pro Bowl stuff. Um, I thought the games over the weekend were terrible. I thought they were really bad. And I know I know that the fourth quarter was fun and all those games, but I said this to Brandon on the phone while we were watching some of the games. I'm like, this is the worst four teams we've ever had in the college football playoff. These four teams are not good. Or they all have one really discernible weakness that I can't wrap my mind around. And we'll just start with the two teams that made excuse me, that made the CFP final. Washington has probably one of the worst defenses you'll ever see. So did Texas. And on top of that, Oregon has or excuse me, not Oregon, Michigan has one of the worst offenses I've ever seen <laughs> on a college football stage. And these are two that you're playing yeah. in the final. And then Alabama. <laughs> Alabama, for what it's worth, Alabama, I think they should have made it in. We did. I think we all, from what I remember, didn't have a problem with the fact that they made it in. But the the reality of the matter is, Melrose is a solid college quarterback and a backup. So is JJ McCarthy. He's an NFL backup. Melrose is the same. Uh, yeah, and then Texas has just that defense was horrible, and so. 
that's part of my problem with this championship game, Shane. Is like number one, I don't think these four teams were really that good for most of the year anyway. But I mean, what I mean by that is they had certain real, real issues. Like normally we get to a CFP and we're like, oh, Clemson, they're they're pretty great top to bottom. Oh, Alabama, pretty good top to bottom. Like the the, the this is an offense in Michigan that is atrocious against a defense in Washington that is atrocious. And for as much as people nationally might look at this game and go, and we kind of did too when it came to Washington against Texas until I kind of sat back and thought about it a little bit more. There's people who are going to sit here and go, okay, Washington, finally you're in the Pac-12. You know, Pac-12 football is whatever, which I kind of agree with. And so Michigan should steamroll them. Shane, Michigan's not going to steamroll them. This is going to be close and tight, potentially weirdly more defensive focused. And this is a game that seriously Washington can win without a doubt. In my opinion, this is a game they can actually win. And yet I still yeah, I can... sit here. I still sit here and say, I don't even know who to pick because I am profusely confused about what to do with this game. We can definitely see either team winning it, which is which is usually not the case for, for the national championship. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't say that these teams are all bad. I just think that we're not, you know, not very good or whatever you want to say. But I think they are good. It's just like you said, there's they all just have, you know, a hole. Um, and some people look at that and don't like it. Uh, I love it, personally, because... This is this is what happens or what is happening now as a result of you know NIL transfer portal whatever else. There's no longer you know that one team that's just way too dominant and no one can beat them. It's the competition is much more spread out now. Now we've got this year. I would argue we had. I mean, up until the Florida State lost Jordan Travis. I would argue that we had like eight teams that could have competed for a final. And by the way, thank also God they, we have, and thank God we have twelve teams going in next year. Thank the Lord yeah. we have twelve next year. Thank I the like Lord. That. I think I, I I think it keeps it way more interesting, and I think the country likes it as well because viewers and ratings are way up this year. Um, because. This is, I mean, yeah, even though the teams this year are not as good as, like, some of the ones from previous years, the games were a lot closer and more exciting, therefore. Um, at least I thought, and I think it's, I think it's terrific for the sport, personally. Um, you know, uh, it's, I, I don't really enjoy watching you know, Alabama or Georgia just going to the Sugar Bowl or the Rose Bowl and destroy, you know, TCU 63 to 3. Like, that's stupid. I don't well, care. Well, well, I, but I also am going to say this. I think we've seen this in the NFL too, where it's like, oh, this team has the, and this specific weakness, and this team has this specific weakness. But most of the time, it, Minus Miami and a few other teams, right? We have, oh yeah, their their whole defense is ass. Like, 
I think we only say that for like Miami and like a couple more teams, right? And then for yeah. you know, some teams it's like, oh, their receivers are bad, or oh, their quarterback isn't very quality. My problem with these four is that there there's whole units that are just awful. Like the Michigan offensive unit is awful. The Washington offensive defensive unit is awful. Wait, you wouldn't say that Michigan for Michigan? Has a great, Michigan has a great run game. Yeah, but they never they didn't use it barely. Yeah, but they, they just got had it. they got it, but they still were making McCarthy throw like he's an NFL quarterback. And that brings me back to my other point too, with kind of the future of college football. Do you do you think that having I, I'll, I'll I'll phrase it this way: If Washington wins on Monday, do you think we're going to the next five ten years of of college football being the team that wins the national title has to have a proper quality NFL starter? You can't win with a AJ McCarron anymore. You can't win with a Jameis Winston anymore. You have to have a proper quality NFL starter. The next five to ten years. I mean, well, it's tough to say because I mean, you look at you know Jameis Winston and some of these other guys, and at the time we thought, yeah, these are going to be NFL guys, you know, NFL stars, and you know they just never were. I mean, it's maybe. I mean, like, you know, I think, did, did anyone think AJ McCarron was going to be an NFL starter when he won his no. championships? No. But I mean, there's there's a lot more cases than just him. I mean, right. There's I just that's the Joe one that Burrow, comes up my head. Uh, or you know, LSU, Clemson. I mean, they, you know, you get Burrow, Lawrence. Well, I mean, not just Burrow. I mean, there's tons of NFL stars from that team. Yeah, and like the Alabama teams recently. But yeah, I mean. You know, I do. I think I think you could theoretically, but uh, are you saying just in terms of quarterbacks or just a star in general? I, I'm saying in terms of quarterbacks. Do you think you okay. need like a proper and uh, about this question might be non for non uh, not a foreseen question necessarily because maybe in recent years I've just missed it that there are clearly, like, maybe I'm wrong and you actually do need an NFL starter to win a national title, regardless if it was BCS era or CFP, but in my lifetime, at least watching college football, I haven't always felt that way. But I, the history might prove something different that I'm just not looking at. But I feel especially in... Stetson Bennett, last two years. Stetson Bennett, who is clearly just an NFL backup. Like, I mean, do you do you look at it and say, like, the next five years you have to have an NFL starter? You have to have a top prospect to win the whole thing? I'm just looking at quarterback, by the way. I mean, I don't think so. Uh, I, you know, I, I mean, I could... Maybe. I could see it. But, like, I think a lot of times, you know, when you look at the pros, you know, you win the Super Bowl with... The best quarterback, usually, right? Or not the best, but like a top two or one three of the guy. better ones. A top two or yeah. three guy at the end from, of the year from that right, from, that, from that, season. that season. And um, you know, and with college, though, I feel like it's much more just 
who's got the better roster. Because it's the playing field's a little more even, I feel, in college uh, between you know the different elite teams. Um, you know, I mean, Washington, I think, is probably the one exception to that because they obviously they have a star quarterback and great receivers and two pretty good offensive linemen. But I mean, outside of that, they've got one defensive end that I like one corner. Who's all right. Other than that, it's just dudes like for the most part, you know, like they, they really don't have these guys that are like, Oh wow. That's yeah. These guys are good. Whereas, you know, Michigan, I mean, they've got, I could see them having, Probably NFL. 10 guys make the NFL in next year's draft. Or, mo- or more. Yeah. More than 12. I mean, on offense and defense. Yeah. You know, so it just depends. And coaching is also definitely a factor in college. Um, you know, I think there are some guys, some college coaches who are just good recruiters like Nick Saban. You know, Nick Saban is, he's a great coach. He's not a good recruiter. He's not a obviously. good recruiter anymore. He's not good anymore. He's not a good recruiter anymore. But I think NIL has, NIL has, as you said, ruined dynasties, which has also ruined guys like Nick Saban and Dabo Sweeney. Guys that have been there. I mean, they, but I mean, if you look at, but it's still Nick Saban. Like, guys, yeah, it's still Nick Saban. Yeah, people are still going to want to go. And yeah, and yeah, because I mean, Nick Saban schematically, I don't think he's that great, to be honest with you. And yeah, that's fair. I know that, and I know that's probably a hot take, but I mean that's why. I he mean, didn't it's work si- in the it's, sim- it's and... similar. It's similar to what Bill Belichick is this year. Yeah, yeah. Hi, Brandon. Um... Hi, we're talking <laughs> about the college football playoff. Hello. Yeah, I uh, I know I was I was late tonight, but I was at work, so I am no, lucky no to get the starting on time. Uh, no worries. Um, You're Brandon, work how lame. Uh, Brandon. <laughs> What do you think about my question? Do you this is my this is my college football question for the week. My college football question for the week is if Penix wins on Monday night, do you believe that in the next five, ten years the college football playoff will be decided by who has quality NFL starters versus who doesn't? Quality future NFL yes. starters? I think I mean I I think it's already becoming a thing now but i think if he wins uh i think that that, that that's probably the case i mean you know we talked about it when you know when, when me and you rob we were watching the texas washington game and we were like you know we could see that like basically the difference in that game was just the quarterback play at the end because both defenses they, they were terrible but the difference was the quarterback play in that game uh and that's what it takes to win big games like that. You've got to have a big game quarterback and Penix has been that pretty much all season long. I mean, he, he, he outclassed Bo Nix, uh, you know, to get to that point, you know, they, they were, they've been one of the best teams in football all year. And that's mostly because of him. His numbers are exceptional. Um, it's just, I think that when you have, you know, a superstar quarterback, it, it, you know, of course it's going to put you over the edge at any level, whether that's high school, college, or the pros. And I think, but I think if he wins, it's just going to set the tone. Like, you know, we thought Caleb Williams was that guy 
you know, coming into this season and all, you know, all the big hype around him. And then he basically just imploded at the end of the season. Um, and now, you know, no one's even talking about him, I think, anymore. Now everybody's talking about Penix, Knicks, Drake May, you know, those guys. So, and, and, and yeah, and I, I think those guys probably, I mean, it also depends on the NFL what situation you go to. You can have a great quarterback in an awful situation. Like, look at Matt Stafford with the Lions for the first 10 years of his career. You know, like, Matt Stafford, you know, pe- people don't give him credit. He was great there. I mean, you can no, say he was what you incredible want about there. Him. Yeah. Like, it's just that the rest of the team sucked. It was basically just him and, and Megatron. That was really it. Um, But, you know, like, when I look at, you know, you look at guys like, I mean, who who can I really describe as a great QB in a bad suit? Like what, Justin well, Herbert? Justin well, Herbert was the guy at Oregon. Well, well, my well, my like, thing, my thing is this, right? We've gone through an era of college football in our lives where we've seen AJ McCarron win a, a bunch of national titles. He was clearly yeah. not an NFL starter. Marcus Mariota, Jameis Winston, obviously, hindsight's twenty twenty, they weren't NFL starters. Yeah. Are we in an era where it's like, okay, I, obviously we have seen NFL guys like uh, Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence. And we, we've seen those guys. But like, I, I think if Penix wins and with NIL and everything, I'm starting to wonder, like, are you going to need like a proper NFL guy, maybe with college experience or something like that? I, it's a question I've had for a while, but I don't yeah. know. I'm not sure. But I think it's an interesting thought. It's just hard because it's like you can get guys that also, you know, don't win in college as as the main guy. Like, you know, you have guys who, who didn't get to the top of the mountain in college. Like, you know, like that. But that ended up being arguably better in the pros than even were in college. Like a Justin Herbert, like a a, a Jalen Hurts. A CJ you know, Stroud you know. this year. Yeah. So it's, it's to me, it's like it's kind of it's kind of still 50 50. I think like. I think it's trending towards, you know, the, you know, big name guys. But I, I think that it's, it's still 50, 50. Cause you got to have in the NFL, the NFL is different than college football. You got to have the right system. You got to have the right, you know, pieces in place around your quarterback. Cause your quarterback can only do so much. And like, I know giants fans, you know, want a quarterback desperately and they're going to need one, but they have so many other like worse, way worse issues on that team that they got to address, you know, like whether that's O line or receiver or, you know, even tight end. Cause Darren Waller's 95 years old, uh, whatever the case may be. But it's like, you know, I, I just think it's still 50, 50. I think that question is, still, I, I think that question is kind of just going to be something you're, you're not really going to ever fully answer because, you know, you're going to have guys like, like Patrick Mahomes was great in college, right? But we didn't th- we didn't see this coming in the pros, where he's he's becoming basically a Hall of Fame quarterback already. So you know it's you know he's got and, and two rings to his name too. So and I mean he's got he's got the Kansas City Chiefs in the playoffs with absolutely no receiving core. So you know it's it, it all depends kind of what situation you're in, you know. And did you at least show to me you got you got to show at least flashes of talent at the college level. Like I, I know AJ McCarron won, but AJ McCarron was not a good quarterback. Like, no, I, I didn't believe that either, that. and that's kind of why I'm somewhat asking this question. 
about yeah this but. So, uh, you know, but, it, but, it's, but it's still tough you know it's still to me it's still kind of a it's a kind of just a it depends kind of answer as much as that's a crappy answer it's kind of just an it depends kind of thing yeah uh l- one thing that i'll say kind of maybe not it depends but i'm getting annoyed with is the pro bowl guys can we stop caring about who gets in and who doesn't this is getting dumb Dumbass Taylor yeah. Swift fans voted Travis Kelsey in the damn Pro Bowl when he probably shouldn't have gone in this year. Like, and it's not it's not Taylor Swift fans' fault for voting. I'm not telling Taylor Swift fans you're dumb. I'm not telling that at all because I'm a Taylor Swift fan myself. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, bro, like it's a fan voting thing. And one thing I've realized too, as Brandon, you've kind of read stats throughout this show. It's like part of things is true football guys like us can't acknowledge a great season without a guy winning an award or winning a pro bowl or winning an all pro. Sometimes it's just about, Hey, these guys have good stats and they're going to get their recognition in 10 years by their stats and their play sometimes more than just oh, a pro bowl. And I think we've all agreed that all pro matters than the pro bowl, but it's like dog. It's, it's literally just a popularity contest. And I love how, this the reason why this conversation kind of stemmed with me today was like Micah Parsons was like, Why are you guys complaining about the Pro Bowl? You voted for it, goddamn. Vote for it properly then. I'm like, Yeah. I didn't even vote for the Pro Bowl this year because I don't care who gets in. It's just a fun thing that we'll do on a Sunday watching guys run around and play flag football. It, it's not it's whatever. Like I Brandon, do you have any thoughts on people kind of freaking out about who makes the Pro Bowl rosters and who doesn't? I feel like I feel like people put so much stock, especially like a lot of, like, well, it feels like no matter who you are, like unless you know the game of football, I'm not gonna say you're a casual if you don't, you know, if you care about the Pro Bowl, but like only to me, it's gonna sound wrong, but I, you know, you can you guys can, can see truth in this. Only casual fans care about who makes the Pro Bowl and who doesn't. If you're not a serious fan of it, then you'll understand that, like we like we just said. And we, we said it before numerous times on, on different shows. All pro matters more. And just, you know, your numbers at the end of the day. Your, your numbers you historically. Your numbers historically. When your career ends, what do your numbers look like? Yeah. Like, I see people, like, and this isn't just a Pro Bowl thing. This is just, like, a overall thing. There are people that I'm seeing right now when, when OBJ just came out. And talk about you know the Ravens being the the best team he's been on all this stuff and you know him kind of having a slight you know comeback of his career because he's actually looked you know pretty decent as a Raven. Uh, but everybody's like, oh, this guy should be a Hall of Famer. I'm like, in one what planet? OBJ is not a Hall of Famer on any planet. Like, yeah, like, no, I'm not we, there with like, him. Like, they're, like they're, they're the same people that want to put Julian Edelman in. I'm like, Julian Edelman had barely 5,000 yards receiving his career. Ju- Shut Ju- the hell up. Ju- Ju- Julian Edelman's different because of the postseason stuff, so there's an argument to be made. But Odell, I, I think there there's not really an argument to be made. But yeah. back to the Pro Bowl. Bad, 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 but I feel like this kind of brings yeah. back to your point of the Pro Bowl. It's like, bro, like, I looked at the rosters. I was like, okay, Brock Purdy's in. You got a bunch of your Eagles in. We got some, like, Julian Love is in, who I thought Julian left at a good season. I don't think it was really a Pro Bowl year, but whatever. Like, I, mm-hmm. like it's fine. Like, these guys go in. They have fun for a week in Orlando. They play a fact football game, and we don't think about it anymore. So yeah, why, for like exactly. two days, does it matter this much? 
you know what's like you know what's even worse too is like like i i i mean i still have a little bit of a i, I get why he's in but to me like i think like when you look at like the like the, the afc quarterbacks those are all accurate those are i mean those are all pretty fair i think but when you look at the NFC, to have Matt Stafford as third, I'm like, uh, in what world is Matt Stafford third? I'm like, he's Again, having a decent a pop- season. Again, it's a popularity but, contest. Yeah, you know, like I don't, I don't care about it. I'm just kind of surprised that I thought it was probably going to be golf. So yeah, but nobody watched the know. Lions this year, minus last uh, week. Nah. and that, that's the thing. That's what I'm saying. That's again. That's why I'm saying it's a whole, it's a whole casual thing. If you are not. In a, because remember, look at the look at the three, look at the teams that had guys going. It was all teams that were on TV a ton this year, and it was on, and it was all guys that everybody and their mother, if you're a casual fan or not, you know who they are: Patrick Mahomes, Tua Tagovailoa, Dak Prescott, Brock Purdy, because the Niners are on a roll, and everybody's becoming a Niners fan, you know, because it's like you know bandwagoning, like like all pro matters more and stats matter more it's the same reason why i look at like Devonte smith and nobody talks about him as being a, a good receiver in this league outside of me and maybe us too we, we talk about it but the casual fan doesn't even know who Devonte smith is and i'm like this guy is having is was literally his, his rookie season was like 80 yards short of having a thousand yard season otherwise his first three seasons he has over a thousand yards receiving like you know and he's a wide receiver too mind you not even a one He'd be a one on half of the other teams in the league. Like, you know, what are we doing here? But, you know, it's the, the Pro Bowl is just one of those things that's just like, you know, let's just have fun watching it. Let's just watch the insanity that it is and just have fun with it because who the hell cares anymore? Yeah. Shane, your thoughts on people freaking out on online about the Pro Bowl voting? Oh, yeah, you know, it's, it's funny because there's... Uh, yeah, people are always... You ever notice on talk shows and like sports talk shows when they introduce a guest they always say he's a three-time pro bowler and no, no, no. like it's some oh wow that's so amazing <laughs> he made, I'm just, he, made he made I'm just, a fight football just, game okay. and, yeah and I'm, and I'm just sitting here going we know Mitch, you, you guys know that uh, mitch trubisky was a pro bowler right <laughs> <laughs> the nv and tyler hunley Tyler and, Huntley uh, was in it, a Pro Bowler, yeah. Don't forget yeah. the don't forget the the most prestigious award that Trubisky got was the MVP. The MVP, yeah. Who, right. who Travis Kelsey almost won uh, in the Nick game, but didn't thank God because he didn't play well that game. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, continue. So, Shane, go ahead. No, that's all I had to say. That's <laughs> it. Perfectly said. <laughs> I mean that's that's just that 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 right there is is all the reason you need to not care about this at all. You know, just it's my whole thing. I just look at the rosters and go, "Huh, this guy's in. Cool, this guy's in. Cool, it's gonna be good to see this guy's personality. Like, cool, cool, cool. All right, let's uh, let's have some fun on a Sunday and do a three-hour show ranting about these guys' seasons. Well, whatever, it's fine." It's fine. You know what I, you know what I will say though, I think people still, still just like you know, like other, like most people, I think still care about it on the internet and stuff like that, just because it's, 
like they don't promote the all pro on TV. They don't they don't show there's no the all only, pro. The games. only they're, the they're only just... play, the only place where they do that is NFL Network. Where they actually yeah, show it's... this guy won an all pro. And yes, the Pro Bowl rosters were revealed on NFL Network. I get it, but like ESPN talked about it the next day. Like And I bro. think yeah. And and I just think that I think people still care about it as a whole. I mean, we don't, but I think people still care about it as a whole just because it's like a legacy thing. Like back in the day, the Pro Bowl did mean something because the game actually was now, good. Now yeah, it's just guys run around good. play flag football. Yeah, so it's like you know, it, 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 the Pro Bowl the only reason doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> yeah. Like the only reason the, to me, the only there, there's a couple reasons the Pro Bowl doesn't matter, but the the biggest reason why it doesn't matter is because they've just they've watered it down. Now it's like it, it means nothing now. Like, and it's not because the fans have paid like our like the, you know us and things like that. Like our opinion effort has changed. It's changed because they've watered it down. They've changed it. They've you know they, they they've made more exceptions for for you know for certain players and the criteria has changed. And it's like what happened to the days where it was like. Sean Taylor and Brian Dawkins making Pro Bowls every year, and it's like they deserve to be there because, and they actually played the damn game hard, and it wasn't just a flag football contest. Yeah, like, like, like and and, and and that's the thing that like this is why Pro Bowl week is just like a whatever week for us. We're just gonna come on here and record or probably live stream us just talking crap for three hours and doing nothing, just watching guys play flag football. Like it, it doesn't matter. It just. It's just fun. Who cares? Like it's just a fun event that nobody cares about. And then next year we move on and then go to next season. Because we really, or not even that, we wait to the Super Bowl. Because that's what we're doing. We're just waiting for the Super Bowl to kick off. That's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure, I'm gonna be in in Hawaii during the Pro Bowl this week, so I'm probably not even gonna watch it. That yeah, that's fine. Brandon, bring uh bring out uh, all the New Jersey boys on the show. Let's uh, oh, let's, you know, let's like, have some like, fun. You know, you know, Sarish will be here. Sarish oh is gonna be here. For oh my, that's that's gonna be nuts. So I I hope that uh, I can get a few of my friends in there because trust me, if my friends get in here and start talking about, well, you don't want to you, listen. You already got one Jersey person in here running their mouth. If you get a bunch of them, you're not gonna be able, like Rob. You won't get a word in edgewise. You, you won't. <laughs> you it's won't. The, it's the Pro Bowl. I don't care. True. Um. Like like, like you're, you're gonna you're gonna hear just be wild and like. Like you're gonna hear probably one of my friends say like, "Oh, look at this guy! Look at this derpy looking dude in the damn Pro Bowl." <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like, okay, calm down, take it easy. Oh my god! Again, it's just supposed to be fun. Whatever. Um, let's talk about something that's uh, not as fun for you, Brandon. Uh, do you want to go off about your Eagles? You've been you've been holding your mouth here for a few days. Go ahead. Yeah, I've I've had to be silent just because I remember, remember I said I said weeks ago that I have lost faith in this team. This is just rock bottom. Like, I, I mean, you lost the three and twelve Cardinals, man, and you damn near gave up two hundred yards. You gave up two hundred yards rushing, and like hundred and fifty of them were James Conner. Like, come on, man. Like, listen, James Conner is not a bad running back, but my God, he's not Barry Sanders in his prime. Like, like, please, man. The, like, every single... I think out of all the rushes, the rushing attempts, what do you have? Like, maybe, like, 15, 17, something like that. I think the only time the Eagles stopped him for a short gain or a, or nothing or a loss, whatever it was, was maybe twice. The other, like, 13 runs were, were like, 10 yards or more every time, it felt like. So... 
that's the one problem. I mean, that you, mind you, this was a team, by the way, and we said this, and you guys know this, they were the number one run defense in football when they were 10-1. and one. And now, because of five weeks of poor defense, they've dropped, I think, from number one to, like, number 20-something. I thought it was 12. 20? Jesus. Uh, I think, well, especially after James Conner just killed them, I think it dropped even lower. Uh, I think it was at 12, but I think could because he just destroyed them, it was even lower. Um, but uh, and that's, not, that's not even counting the rushing that Kyler did. They had no content. Like, and I love this because they, they broke this down, too. Like, both during the game and after. If you look at the plays, and, and you, you two heard me complain, if I can call the defense out and the offense out, before the play even happens, if every fan even in the stadium watching the game, if we can see it, how come this own team can't see their mistakes week after week after week and fix it? If we can see it a mile away, Christian McCaffrey on the Manning cast a couple weeks ago was calling out plays before they happened and said that the Eagles ran such a vanilla scheme on both sides of the ball. Like, that's such a red, that's not even a red flag. That is a failure as an organization, and you should be ashamed of yourselves and relegated to the XFL. <laughs> no, like, the U, the UFL now. They relegated oh, yeah, the UFL know, now, baby. Oh my god! Like, like <laughs> at, this, at this point, at this point, give, give Florida State our playoff spot this year for, for, the, oh. for the damn like, for Ron DeSantis' ass. Like, listen, I, I... At least you have a playoff game, man. Like, that's what I've been telling you. At least you're going to see a playoff game. Yeah, well, because I think, what, for you guys, you have to hope the Packers lose, right? Which is, is not going to happen. We have to win. For the Seahawks, the Packers have to lose to the Bears, and we have to win. Yeah. And... That ain't happening. The one thing I... And as I'm, as I'm ripping on, you know, casual fans... About like about the Pro Bowl, I'm gonna rip on them about this. So many of them. And listen, I I've been pissed at Jalen Hurts before, but I'm an Eagles fan. I'm pissed at everybody. I hate the damn team. As much as I'm a fan, I hate my own team. Um, but I, there's no way you can look at that Cardinals game and think he was the problem when the dude had a 78 percent completion percentage for the game and had three passing touchdowns and the only interception he threw was basic which basically didn't count because it was the last play of the game on a hail mary which even the hail mary was disgusting because you know what's funny the eagles love to throw the ball down the field in random situations right like you know when we have like you know like that play against the seahawks we're trying to draw pass interference for no reason um you know you have that play right so these guys are used to going down the field because our passing plays take forever to develop because they're all running, you know, four verts. So you figure, okay, on the Hail Mary, this should be, you know, maybe the Eagles have a chance here because that's the only play they run down the field is, is, is four verts. Just everybody go. Uh, and when the ball went up in the air, I'm like, okay, I know they're not going to catch it, but let me just see who's in the end zone. There was like six Cardinals in the end zone, maybe two Eagles. Where the hell's the rest of the team? <laughs> Where's the rest of the team on the Hail Mary? Where's the rest of the team? Bro, bro, like, like, where, where did you guys go, bro? Like, who's in the end zone? Like, I, I saw that ball go up, and I'm like, where's Julio? Where's A.J. Brown? Where's Devontae Smith? I'm like, where the hell are these guys? Like, like are, we, are we running comebacks on the last play of the game? What is this? Like, like why is nobody in the end zone? And... But like, 
there, there's so many issues I, I can I can talk about with the Eagles, but it's just, I see the same thing every week, and I'm so tired every week, and I'm I can't a- like listen at this point. <laughs> like if they if they win the playoff game against the let's let's just assume they finish as the five seed. If they win the playoff game against Tampa or or the Saints, whoever makes whoever wins that division, like I'd rather just lose the damn thing and just get it get it over with. Like I, I don't want to have to see my team win and then get absolutely uh, hand by by the Niners most likely the week after. I don't want to see that again. Like, oh, I'd almost rather just lose and get to the draft. Give me a better draft pick and call it a day. <laughs> uh, like, you know, it was my, so the Gridiron Heights uh, thing came out this week and they did the NFL Dread Zone and it's Jalen Hurts doing a play because they're like in a play, basically like a, you know, like a <laughs> stage play. And then, and then, yeah. and then, and then, and then the audience goes, and then Jalen Hurts like messes up a line, and the audience goes, "It's the same plays every week." Like, <laughs> ben, one of the be- best thing I saw this week was that and it wasn't, um, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Wasn't it like a, like in the in the side thing? It's like you know, it was like Jason Kelsey like trying to help him out with the lines. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jason Kelsey's like, "We don't we don't have any, any other plays here, Jalen." <laughs> We don't. We don't have. Oh I don't know where your god. line is. Oh my god! god. Um, do you guys want to? Do you guys want to hear my fantasy team for my championship game as of Thursday night? Well, you showed us, didn't you? I did, yeah. but I figured it'd be fun to list it on the audience. Oh yeah, they, they don't want to hear <laughs> my fans. My my loser fantasy teams. <laughs> My championship game roster as of today because Josh Jacobs is questionable, Keenan Allen is questionable. So just bear that in mind. Um, CJ Stroud is my starting quarterback. James Conner, Ezekiel Elliott, CD Lamb, Jordan Addison, Tyler Kraft, which is the Packers tight end. Oh, who? And then Taji Spears, the Titans' second running back. Oh, I think Lord. is their third running back. Or I think is their first running back this week. Raiders defense against Denver and Jake Elliott. <laughs> oh, Jake, Jake Elliott! About, uh, Jake Elliott about to make you bank this week. I hope. Um, but yeah, that's because ESPN default is play week eighteen. Thanks, ESPN. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, Jesus. Um. All right. So uh, let's do. Uh, let's. Go to our post credit scene. Let's since since Brandon's here, let's do our movies of the year. We'll do our top five that we have seen. By the way, that's the caveat: movies that we have seen. Uh, top five from one to five, and our worst movie of the year. Uh, Shane, go ahead. I didn't know we were supposed to prepare a top five. Um, uh, you don't have to. You can do like a top three or whatever. That's fine. Well, yeah, I'll just. I'll... I'll tell you some of the ones I liked. Um, <laughs> so, um, I'll also do a couple that surprised me. All right, go um, ahead. That's fine. Th- this was like so, kind of off the cuff. Don't prepare it. That's fine. I'm I'm totally cool. So, with that. Um, ones that I liked, uh, I liked Mission Impossible uh, because. As you know, I'm a big, big fan of that franchise. Um, Another amazing installment. I'll just say that. Yeah, yeah. It's you know I wouldn't say it's my favorite in the franchise, but 
you know, it's probably like my second or third favorite. I mean, it's, you know, it's up there. It's, it's good. Um, you know, you'd think that one of these days they would lose steam, but uh, apparently not. You know, every, every Tom Cruise, Christopher McQuarrie team up movie is just great. And there goes Brandon. Um, oh no. <laughs> but you know, they, they have yet to miss and I don't expect them to, <laughs> to start anytime soon. Um, another one I really liked was Godzilla minus one. Have not seen uh, it. I need to Godzilla minus one. I have to see it. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, definitely. Definitely the best. Um, Definitely the best Godzilla movie, I would say. Um, it's it's really, I mean, without like spoiling anything, um, you know, it, I feel like it really demonstrates the humanity involved in situations like these, um, and also putting it in a historical time of the, you know, like post-World War II, which was obviously a very rough time for Japan. Um, it was just, it was really brilliant. I thought, and you know, it's normally when you, normally when you watch, you know, a, uh, like a, a Godzilla, Godzilla movie. movie, just say it, a Godzilla movie. Yeah. I mean, normally when you watch a Godzilla movie, you're, you're like, oh yeah, he's gonna blow up the world or whatever. Not the world, but you know, and you're like, yeah, really. But in this movie, you're like, oh no, please don't. <laughs> you really see him for the monster he is, and it, it was just that was cool. Um, another one that I really liked out of the MCU, uh, Guardians Three. Excellent film, um, fantastic. Yeah, wasn't. I liked the first one. wasn't huge on the second one, um, but this one was was pretty good. I I I really thought it blended, you know, the emotion, the emotional moments, and kind of the just the heavy nature that is these characters because they all have sort of tragic stories if you really think about it, and. Um, but also while still being fun and just being a good, a good send off for all of them and for, uh, and for, uh, not James Cameron, James Gunn. <laughs> and, uh, um, really quickly too, really quickly too, before we continue on with your list, how do you guys mm -hmm. grade the MCU this year? I've seen every MCU thing. I don't know how many stuff you guys have seen with the MCU this year. Yeah, um, I not not great. Yeah, I, mean, that, I have that it, was good, but like other than that, nah. I had it as a D. I really, yeah, Guardians Three. I forgot Probably. was excellent. Werewolf, but where? Excuse me, Werewolf by Night. I thought was excellent. Um, obviously Loki. I think Loki is incredible. I think both. I look. It might not be everyone's taste. I get it. It's really multiversal heavy. I get it. Uh, but it. But if you can like 
kind of let that be. Uh, I think it's fantastic. Loki season two, I thought was fantastic. Aside from that, uh, just a bunch of meh. I, I'd be real. Like <laughs> it, it was. I thought Ant Man three was terrible. Uh, I thought it was abysmal. Uh, I thought it was one of the definitely one of the worst movies of the year, but it's not my worst. I thought the Marvels was fine, but ultimately nothing too special, minus the post credit scenes. That's kind of what Marvel's been. Like I feel like this year, it's like, ah, uh, this is fine. The post credit scenes are important, but that's it, really. I kind of feel that with a lot of Marvel stuff this year. I feel like there's a few things that I think are important to watch this year, but other than that, just go through a lot of the post credit scenes. That's kind of it. Yeah. Like, there, there's just nothing redeemable with a lot of it. And obviously, they're taking a break. They're just doing Deadpool 3. Uh, thank God. Uh, Brandon, are you are you here? Can can you hear us okay? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, so what are, you, what are your thoughts on Marvel this year? It's... I'll be dead honest, because I just... Uh, I, I grew up a Marvel fan, like, with the, obviously, the original stuff. Like, you know... Uh, as we all did, like totally well, except for you, Rob, because you, you had to go back and watch it. But yep, I the, started. You know, I started the, watching Marvel in 2020, yeah, <laughs> and I watched you know, everything. The, like, like I, you know, I grew up obviously a fan of Tobey Maguire, Spider Man, and Hulk, Hulk from 03. And if you know, real real ones know 2003 Hulk and that how that's become like a cult classic among Marvel fans. Um, but you know, when it came to, like the newer era, like, like the MCU stuff, like as I got older, I didn't really care. You know, because superheroes to me were just a kid thing. Like as I got older, like I missed a bunch. I, I went back and watched a few of them here and there, but I missed a bunch. I haven't really kept up with MCU as much as I probably would like to. But I, but but I remember I saw like Endgame in theaters. I, I think that was the last last one I saw in theaters because after after that, I feel like after Endgame or. You know, Infinity War around that time period, like those kinds of movies, around there, it's when I just got bored with it because it was it became the same movie over and over and over again, and it became, and not just the same movie, but it became, like, I just didn't care for some of the characters. Like, I don't care for Ant Man. I don't care for, you know, like uh, my favorites growing up were the Hulk, Spider Man. So if it's like, if it's not anything like that, I really don't care for it. And then it's just like, and even if I do, even if I find the story cool, I'm like, I know this because this is a Marvel movie or a Marvel show, whatever it is. I know exactly how it's going to go from start to finish. And then I know it's going to have a couple Easter eggs or whatever is post credit scenes. And that's going to be it. And then we're going to move on to the next one. So it's like, they feel very cookie cutter and they feel very just uninspired nowadays. And this, it seems like this year, like they've kind of just really bottomed out this past year, I should say, because now we're in 24. Um, but it just feels like they kind of, they kind of bottomed out to me where it's just like, it's really gone stale. Um, yeah. Like, uh, I think echo in two days is going to be great. And, and that's part of yeah. my thing with Marvel too. I feel like this year they tried to get the kid market back because it's Disney and they want to do like kid based shows. Like Miss Marvel is a kid show. Uh, and the Marvel subsequently, I think is more made for kids than you might think. Uh, but that being said, I love the fact that they're opening the year with Echo, TVMI, you got Vincent D'Onofrio, you got Daredevil, you got all these guys back. Now we know that it's canon to the Marvel show, so that's great. I gotta go back and watch them now. 
and like actually properly watch them but i will take the time to do that at some point i just think marvel needs more adult content <laughs> to yeah. be honest and yeah. i think i think they're gonna finally do that this year so deadpool uh, 3 deadpool 3 very excited for mm-hmm. that um but Shane, uh continue on so you said uh you finished with guardians and i uh, continue with other ones you liked and ones you surprised you um did i have other ones that i said i liked um Oh, Mission Impossible. Yeah. Um, and then surprises. I had quite a few surprises this year. Things that I, I was that weren't really on my radar, but I was like, wow, that was actually a lot better than I thought it would be. Uh, number one being Barbie. I yeah. I I thought that movie looked really stupid, but then I saw it and I was like, you know, that wasn't bad. <laughs> um, I wouldn't say it's like one of my top movies of the year, but I liked it. Um, another one was the Super Mario's movie. Uh, yeah, thought that looked like hot garbage. I quite enjoyed it. Um, another one was John Wick Four. I, sorry, Brandon, I'm not a fan of the John Wick movies. Um, <laughs> I think from an action standpoint, they are incredible, and choreography, um. You know, fight choreography and whatnot, but just, you know, I, they've never really had stories that have particularly interested me other than the first one. Um, so I just, you know, it's, for me, it just ends up being like two hours of mindless action, which for some people, that's great, but uh, I don't know. I'm just not really into that. Um, but th- I thought this was a, you know, kind of a darker story that was, had a little more to say and, yeah, I, I I thought it was interesting. Um, see, I th- my biggest probably like the biggest movie that I haven't seen is Across the Spider Verse because oh, I damn hate because I hate that animation style so much. Uh, and that, I know okay, that's fair. That's fair. It's everybody, fair. it's fair because <laughs> I think it's I think it's cool. I do, but it makes me so nauseous when I watch any of those movies. So I just like I can't do it. Um, and that is fair. That that's completely fair. I, I watched think the first fair. one. I watched the first one though. Um, great movie. I just you know felt like crap afterwards. Um, <laughs> uh, do you have a, do you disappointment? Have a, do you have like a disappointment and like one that you really really hated? Yeah. So biggest disappointment was definitely Indiana Jones. I mean, I was not, I was not expecting that movie to be good to begin with, but I was like, maybe they can redeem themselves a little bit after Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, and somehow they made something worse. <sighs> Anyways, so you know, so just that's the worst way. It's the worst way to send Harrison Ford off as Indy too. I know. I mean, they you know could have just stopped after after three, but no, let's. Drag them back through it again. I also um, want to mention this too. Uh, speaking on that, Disney had the five worst box office. The top they held the top five of box office bombs this year. Damn, everything, everything was Disney. All five of the box office bombs were Disney. Uh, continue, Shane. Nice, um, <laughs> nice. Yeah, and they lost uh, Mickey they, Mouse. No, there really weren't a ton of movies this year that I just like absolutely hate. Oh, Meg Two, that was that was oh, that was dog shit. I mean, that was um, supposed to be a good movie, really. When you think, no, 
That's probably my worst. Um, okay, and then um, before I get to my best movie, I want to do I want to do most overrated. Um, John Wick Four. No, <laughs> and you no, and uh, you guys probably know what I'm gonna say here. Um, Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. God yeah. damn it! It's so good. No, it's not. It's so boring. <laughs> it's not your type of movie, Shane. This is. I know. I know. That that's the thing. That's I'm just, part I'm not of a your problem, guy. But but that's. But, but like, especially with Oppenheimer, right? It's you know, this is my problem with biopics. Is a lot of times it's about either stories that aren't worth being told, which I feel like this one is because it's. It's a pretty dramatic, intense thing. Or it's something that's such a well-known story. It's like, you know, Titanic, for instance, it ends with the ship sinking. Like, okay, yeah, we know that. (laughs) I mean, what is it going to, you know, and granted, that's not a biopic. That's a historical fiction, but you get my point. And, And it was the same thing with Oppenheimer. It's like, we all know that, yeah, the atomic bomb happened, and it went on to destroy many cities and kill lots of people. Like, yeah, you know, we 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 know. But the um, point of it was the court case. Did you think yeah, it was which boring? Is stupid. Damn it, dude! It's a movie about building a bomb, which is <laughs> that's the first kinda, half, which and is, the second uh, half yeah, which is, is about cool. Oppenheimer. Yeah, so why, why are you going to take something as cool as building a bomb and then make an hour and a half long courtroom snooze fest? I, like, you didn't, wait, you didn't think in that hour and a half Robert Downey Jr. had like one of his best performances since Iron Man? It was oh, incredible! Dude, this is his only performance since Iron Man. Other <laughs> <laughs> than Mr. Doolittle, but I mean, that was, Doolittle. Yeah, that was, Doolittle. That was kind of... Not good. I mean, yeah, he was great in it. I just thought it was boring. <laughs> I, oh and, my god! And then, Damn it! And then later, and then later in the year, we had Godzilla minus one as the sequel to Oppenheimer. So you know. <laughs> um, um, oh my god! I'm. I'm. You're gonna yeah. change. Oh damn it! Uh, Brandon, do you want to? Do, do you want me to do my top? I, do you want me to do well, no, my first? Okay. Hold on, hold on. I haven't told you my best my best movie though. Okay, number oh, one of the year. Oh boy. And I I told you guys this the other day. I said uh, I finally got it. I finally saw it. What is um, it? Iron Claw. Haven't seen it yet. Really? I heard it's good. That's your number. Yeah, I would have never guessed that's your number one. It's a newer movie, and it is a biopic. So I. Oh my god, you're contradicting yourself already. <laughs> I know. I was I was going into it because my. So my mom was saying, oh, I'm going to go see this with your aunt. Now, you know, you, you want to come? And I was like, in my head, I'm like, a biopic. It's uh, a sports <laughs> movie, but too. Then, <laughs> but then I was like, oh, but I should be a good son and nephew. Uh, all right, fine. And then I went and I was like, oh, wow. Okay. Um, wow. I, I, I got to watch it now. That's That's your number one. Because the thing about it is it's like, yes, it's a biopic, but a, it's a lesser known story. Um, but it's also a story that, you know, it doesn't feel like a biopic cause it's not like about this event. It's just, 
it's more of like it's it's a very of course without spoiling anything it, it's a very dramatic you know hence story about how you know families and more specifically like how parents can you know they can raise a child to want it to be this one way and then it kind of ruins a family dynamic and it's it's just it's really interesting it's kind of like um it's almost like if if uh it's gonna sound weird but like if whiplash was a sports drama um i like that yeah which yeah and which i mean it sounds strange but it's it's true that's kind of what it felt like but it's uh, in my opinion it's even more like dramatic and intense than that um and you'll see why if you if you watch it but <clears throat> it's also just shot really well you know it's a it's a period piece that takes place in the was it the 80s 70s 80s um and you you know you really can feel the setting like it, it definitely it's not like it's just you know a lot of times in those movies that take place in the past you're like Oh, it does. Oh, okay. But no, this like it really does feel like the '80s or the '90s or whatever time, '70s, whatever it is. Um, and uh, Zac Efron, he is continuing to prove why he is an actor and not just a handsome guy. Um, which he is, but <laughs> but he's also, you know, there's so many stars in Hollywood where you're like are they actually a good actor or are they just, you know, a star? And he always gets put in that conversation and it drives me crazy because he is an incredible actor. He just hasn't been given all the parts to necessarily show it. And the last few years he has, and I love it. Um, but everybody does great in this. I, I think he could and will be nominated for best actor. And I would imagine Jeremy Allen white will also be nominated for best supporting actor. Um, yeah. And I'm sure it'll get some other nominations. At least I would hope. Um, but yeah, really, really well done. I was not expecting to, to like it at all <laughs> just <laughs> just given the the genre and you know my mom her movie selection when we go to movies is generally terrible uh, um, nothing, uh really nothing against really, her really, really quickly uh tell tell uh tell uh brandon what movie you watched with your mom before the pandemic uh, i think i told you this didn't i brandon uh but what well, i mean if you tell me the movie, if you tell me the movie, I remember. Her and my grandma were saying, "Oh, you, you should come to the movie with us." And um, I was like, "No, this movie is bad, and it just looks bad from the trailers. Like, not even bad. It looks straight up awful." <laughs> no, it'll be fun. It's a great play. The movie was Cats. Oh, <laughs> uh, oh, no, 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 no. We oh, left no. half an hour into it. Okay. Half an and, hour yeah, in, yeah, which is which is like what most people did. <laughs> and, 
And I and I said, I said no, we should see Jojo Rabbit instead. No, no, no. Yeah, cats. yeah, you did say that. Yeah, I remember yes. that. So then we, so we snuck into Jojo Rabbit, and obviously it was fantastic. And I was like, yeah, you're welcome. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. So <laughs> ever since that, um, you know, and, and then like since then it's been you know the movies that she has picked it's been like house of gucci which um, i liked by the way i thought house of gucci was I mean, good no it was well yeah you know, yeah you know, you know, biopic you know um, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah no it's it fine um but then uh so you know i was like oh great you know i'm sure this will be another this will be another Tiffany Hansen snooze fest, but um, <laughs> that sounds so mean when I say it. But <laughs> I I say that in a loving Christian way. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, Iron Claw was was fantastic. I would highly. It's very heavy, um, you know. So just bear that in mind. But it's um, it's really good, really really good. Uh, Brandon, I, I think I'm actually going to go next. I think it ties in well with, 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 uh, with, uh, with Shane's list. Number one, I'm going to go in order from one to five. I actually have an honorable mention that I just thought about. I think it should be where it's placed. Uh, number one is Oppenheimer. I don't, I don't understand how that, that movie's spectacular. Uh, I, I can't wait to watch it again. You're also a Nolan fanboy, so I get it. Yes. Yes. I freaking love Christopher Nolan. And by the way, just, just, just bear that in mind for all you people being like, you're, he's an Nolan fanboy. I fucking love Tenet. Okay, nobody likes Tenet. I love Tenet. Tenet's my favorite movie ever made. <laughs> I think it's brilliant. Hill. I love Tenet. I am gonna die on that hill. I'll die on my, that hill by myself, and I'll, I'll go back in time with a turn, turnstile and keep doing it. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, but it, 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 yes, it's inherently pretty damn long. I did, I did feel like it should have been like. I thought it was about 40 minutes too long on first watch. I definitely got to watch it again because there's a bunch of like Christopher Nolan nuances that I didn't catch. Uh, but that being said, I thought it was great. I thought casting was great. Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, this is his best performance since Iron Man. I know that's uh, yeah, do little, whatever, but genuinely uh, it might even be better than him as Iron Man. Although, I think that's a little facetious because he as Iron Man is the reason the MCU even exists. So that seems a little harsh. Uh, but I just love it. It was very well cast. I, yes. I can say that for yeah. sure. Uh, yeah. I know. I know. Um, I know Killian Murphy might be quiet spoken, but damn, that dude's an amazing actor. Um, mm-hmm. Another just incredible performance by him as well. Perfectly cast as Oppenheimer. Yes, this movie's. Incredibly cast. Uh, number two is Barbie. And the reason why it's at two is not because it's necessarily my one of my... F- what? Barbenheimer. Barbenheimer. Yeah. Barbenheimer. But except it's <laughs> kind of flipped. It's Oppen Barbie, yeah. technically. Anyway. Um, <laughs> God. Uh, Disgusting sounding. <laughs> but the reason why it's at two... It's... The reason why it's at two is not because it's necessarily my second favorite movie of the year. It's because how the fuck did that movie work? How the hell, Shane, how the <laughs> hell did we enjoy that movie? Enjoy I, it. 
I, I like, I, I saw, so I saw it in theaters when it came out. I saw it with my mom two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Cause my mom was like, I want to watch Barbie. I'm like, okay, let's watch it. And I still loved it. <laughs> and I still loved it. I still thought it was incredible. I was like, how? This movie's silly. It's got Will Ferrell running after a Barbie. It's got Ryan Gosling being a weird Ken. It's got beach offs. It, Brandon, have you seen? Have you seen Barbie? No. You okay, then you know, you know, I, I, I didn't watch that or Oppenheimer. Dang it! Uh, then that then you won't get some of the Barbie references. But like, this well, you movie, can skip one of them. Damn it! Watch both. Jesus. I'm kidding. Um, I'm kidding. Watch no, both. yeah. No, watch, watch, watch both for sure. Watch, watch both. both. Uh, um, I plan to. <clears throat> um. I was thinking about selecting my movie as Barbie. I was really debating it uh, just because it's, it's such a, well, I'm not, obviously we're doing book smart, but um, it, so, it's, by the way. yeah, book smart is wonderful and I can't wait to watch it again. Uh, but I, but bro, like it's, it doesn't make sense. It's so stupid how that movie works. Uh, Greta Gerwig is going into my top five for directors. Cause every movie she makes somehow freaking works. And I like little woman, I was thinking about Little Woman a lot this year because it reminds me weirdly a lot about Barbie. I don't even get how Little Woman works anymore. I just don't get how her movies work. I don't understand they're all it. Such wildly, they're all so <laughs> different. That's what's crazy to me. Yeah, you they're know? all like so different, but they work. So Barbie at two because they absolutely work uh, to perfection. Number three is Across the Spider-Verse. That is the best. Uh, that is Across the Spider-Verse, objectively speaking. As much as I love No Way Home, as much as I love Spider-Man 2, as much as I even love Tasm, The Amazing Spider-Man 1, I think, is better than Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man 1. Uh, that's a really I hot agree. take. Hush, but hush your mouth. I think it's hush, much I I think, I think it's, Silence. It's much better. Wait, do you agree or disagree, Shane? I, I agree that Tasm 1 is better than Tobey's 1. Thank Toby's you. Oh, my, yep. oh my god. I, I'm, just, I'm sorry. Like I think... Uh, uh, really quick, Toby. Toby's my favorite Spider-Man because he's the most nostalgic. Because I grew up with him, you know, and that was like those were the movies that really got me into cinema. But now, well, ta- when I ta- Tasm One is more is more accurate to the comics, isn't it? Basically, the whole kind of yeah, yeah, a little more. But now, when I look back on. All three of the Spider-Man that we live, at least live action Spider-Man we have. I think Toby is definitely the weakest of the three. Which and number it one, hurts number, my, and, it and hurts by, my soul to say and, that. And by the way, and by the way, I know it's hard to compare it, um, but obviously, no way, no way home justified this for me. Andrew Garfield's far and away the best Spider-Man live action Spider-Man we've seen. His movies are not great, but God damn, he's a good Spider-Man. He's definitely the most talented actor of the three, if nothing else. Oh no, yeah, he's yeah, he's the most talented. Um, but yeah, across yeah. the Spider Verse is great. Uh, there's some Venom references in there, in that movie, by the way, which are kind of fun. Um, like live action Venom, Tom Hardy's Venom. Uh, but like that's kind of more if you care about the dumb universe that is the SSU, which yeah, them that universe <laughs> is dumb. Uh, which nobody does. Uh, <laughs> I. I Am I am I one of the only people that generally cares about the SSU? 
Like yes. I, I, yeah, probably. <laughs> I, I, oh, yeah, I, uh, I I watched Morbius, okay, and I hated it, but I I did it. I sat through that whole damn movie, um, and it pissed me off to eternity. Uh, probably more than the movie that's actually worse on my list this year. Anyway, uh, number four is Dungeons and Dragons: Honor Among Thieves. I got to rewatch this movie. Um, it's great. I love how. I love how the movie's funny and playful and also really does a good job from what I've heard of like like the source material of D&D, the game itself is very much present in this movie. But they do do a good job of like appealing to people f- who are fans of D&D and people of, like me who have never played D&D or know basically anything about D&D at all uh but yet i still absolutely love it uh number five is mi7 i it's another great mission impossible installment as shane said number six this was the number one movie for me at the beginning of the year it fell off the list i think just because i think the top five were really great air i thought ben affleck air i thought air was really good i thought it was gonna finish in my top five it's not gonna finish in there but I hope we get some Oscars for that movie. Awesome. That, movie that movie's great. Uh, Shane, did you enjoy that movie? No. No? <laughs> Shane, I told you, didn't I? You're, you're, you don't like biopics, so you didn't enjoy Air like at all. I mean, I wouldn't say I didn't enjoy it at all. I'd give it like a C, probably. I oh mean, my god, dang it. Dude, it's a movie about a guy making a shoe. Who gives a shit? Like, <laughs> I think I'm sorry, but it's not. It's it, like, well, yeah, but I mean, you know, it, it's not like a. I mean, dude, I already didn't care for a, a movie about a guy making a freaking bomb. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, <laughs> well, okay, wait, wait, Shane. Okay. I have a quite. I have a question before I get to my worst movie of the year. Um, what's your favorite biopic ever made? Do you have one? Ooh, um. Let's see. Probably. I have to think, but first thing that comes to mind is probably Ford vs. Ferrari. Oh, that yeah, that movie's excellent. Um, but I mean, that's like, you know, that doesn't really feel like a biopic because it's like a racing movie. It's this event, you know, it's like, I don't know, but like, technically it is. Um, yeah. That's it's fair. Probably, That's a good answer. It's it's probably that one. Um, again, though, I'd have to think about it a bit more. Um, you guys keep talking. Let me. Yeah. My, <laughs> let me my, think about it. <clears throat> my worst movie of the year is one that I saw for free. Yes, I didn't pay a single <laughs> a single penny to see this movie in theaters. And it made more money in two weekends than Mission Impossible. Shane, can you guess the movie? Uh, it made more money in two weekends than Mission Impossible. Yep. Well, not not in total, but in two in two like weekend segments, it made more money. 
It didn't actually make more money than myself, um, but for two consecutive weekends, it made more money. I don't know. Think about it. The tickets were free. Tickets were free. Tickets were free, and some yeah. random people bought it for us off the internet through a pay-it-forward program. <laughs> I do not remember this. <laughs> it's on Amazon Prime right now. Nothing's coming to mind. No. This movie used to be a Disney movie and then it got moved to Angel Studios. No? Nothing? No. Dang it! Sound of Freedom! Oh, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's your uh, least favorite, really. Okay, I'm, let me explain why. I have, a bun- I have a bunch of reasons why. First off... I'm not judging, I'm just curious. Uh, no, okay, I, okay, listen. Here's why. I have a bunch of reasons why. Number, it's not the QAnon stuff, by the way. I just put that to the side. I have nothing to say about that because I don't know the history about that. I'm not saying that because of that. I'm talking about the movie in itself, okay? Can we just make that clear, please? Just talking about the film, okay? (sighs) Okay. Oh, my God. I fucking hate this movie. Um, (laughs) I really, I fucking hate it. So... Something like childhood trafficking, right? I'm a, I really am a sucker for movies that talk about really important things, right? Like we watched Bro- Brokeback Mountain. It's a really great LGBTQ plus movie, right? Like important things in our society, right? And I said, even as a straight male, I love this movie because it's great for a really important topic, right? That's what I said for that movie, right? So sound it's just of- a good story in general. Yes. Um, Sound of Freedom is talking about child trafficking. Really important thing. I have a big problem with, hey, you have a movie that you think is important because it's an important topic to discuss. But the movie is shit. If you do that, I think that's a sin. And yes, this movie is created by Angel Studios, which is a Christian studio. What you made was a sin there, my friend. In the sin bin. The editing was awful. The acting was kind of dumb. Uh, the, the wife of the police officer had nothing to do in the movie. He's just like, you must go. And she acts like a fucking god in the whole damn movie for two damn scenes. The editing is atrocious. That's the biggest thing. The editing is atrocious. If you watch this movie, the editing is flipping atrocious. My biggest Rough. problem my biggest problem with this movie is also not even the movie itself. So this movie had a really unique model because they were like, oh, this is a movie about human trafficking. Everyone needs to go and see it. Go and see it. Whatever, right? So they did this thing called the Pay It Forward campaign. Uh, which I've never seen done before, which basically is you buy a ticket for yourself or however many people you want to go see in the theater and you can buy a ticket for someone else for free, just a random human. You go on and it's all done through this, through the Angel Studios website. So when me and one of my friends decided just as a meme and everyone's talking about the movie and they made a lot of money and whatever, we just said, you know, screw it. We're going to go see this film, like whatever. 
right? It's it's a film. We can get to go for free. You know what what what's you know what's the harm in that? Uh, yeah, that was a terrible idea. Uh, we walked out of that regretting it horribly, even though we didn't pay a single dime. And part of the problem with the Pay It Forward campaign for a childhood endangerment movie or a childhood trafficking movie is that dumbass families, two rows in front of us, decided to take a whole row of seven-year-olds, seven-year-olds, like six seven-year-olds, to a movie about childhood trafficking. What is yeah, wrong no, with y'all? What is wrong with y'all? You think that's a family Eight. movie night? Bro, I can't. Yep, I think so. Yeah, this is a great <laughs> idea. The movie was atrocious. I again, I have a big problem when you're making a movie. Again, I'm just talking about the film itself here. Nothing else surrounding it. When you make a movie about something important, like really important in society, it better be good. The editing better be good. The storyline better be good. And this is a true story, actually. A good portion of it is based on a true story. Some of the scenes are actually based on true events. If you're going to make a movie like this, do it right, please. Do it right or don't even put it out at all. Unbelievably stupid. What the gall, the gall of this movie getting more money in two straight weekends than Mission Impossible. This movie made like $150 million in back-to-back weekends. The gall of that is bizarre. Uh, I, I still can't believe it. That movie made a ton of money for absolutely no reason. The worst movie of the year in 2023 for me is Sound of Freedom. Uh, Brandon, what is uh, what are your picks for best movies of the year and your worst? So I hate to be the one that goes last because I did not watch that many movies this year that came out this year. Um I, I don't know why I didn't. It's just I, I think this year for movies, it's just a, a not not a ton that really interested me enough to want to go to the movies and watch it. Um, but I was able to come up with three of my favorites, not five, but three because I, I, I didn't watch a ton. Uh, I came up with my worst, and then I came up I came up with my biggest disappointment. Um, and then of course the movies I wanted to watch. So I'll start with the biggest disappointment is the one I'll save for last. But so my top three, um, well, you guys know my one, so I'm going to skip one for now. I'll come, I'll come back to one in a second. My number two, and it's, listen, I know people hate it. I know people don't like it. I know people are tired of it. I know people want it to end already. But this, remember, this is my list, and this is what I love to watch every time it comes out. And I'll be the first one buying a ticket on opening weekend every single year, whenever, whenever it drops. I'm a Fast and Furious fan. I love Fast Ten. Um, really? You lo- okay? Okay. So, so I mean, I, I, you know, when, when you've been so invested in the story over over the course of its run, and you've seen the characters grow. I mean, listen, the story is wild and it's and it's overblown and all that stuff. I get it, but when when you've grown with the franchise and it's been a big part of your childhood, when you've grown with it, I, I mean, I, when Universal was promoting Fast and Furious 4 back in 2009, when the series was still really good, um, I went, I was, in, I, was in, I was on vacation down there, and I actually, I actually was one of the youngest people <laughs> at that Universal event. 
because uh, I was just walking through the park, but they had a big event where everybody gathered around. They turned one of the one of the street streets in the Universal uh, Studios, uh, you know, set there pretty much the the whole all those streets. They turned the one street into a basically like what you would see in Fast and Furious. So they turned it into a a quarter, basically a quarter mile, um, almost like a little mini car show, and oh, that's uh, cool. and. They had trivia and stuff like that, and I actually got the one of the trivia questions right, and everybody was shocked because how the hell does a nine-year-old know about Fast and Furious? So <laughs> I've been following the series since I was even younger than that. I've been following the series since I was probably seven or eight, or right before Fast Four came out. Um, so I've been a fan for that long. I've been a fan for basically fifteen plus years of the series. So anytime it comes out, I mean this one too. You know, I love the Fast movies because they have humor to have the overtop action they are a great popcorn flick they're a great summer blockbuster if you want to just have fun they're fun like yeah don't pay like don't pay any attention to, to you know the wild story that it is or just the implausibility of it. it's like it's just fun let it happen let it wash it, it's <laughs> let it be, wash it's over be, you it, it's meant it's meant to be a popcorn and soda flick like you're gonna love it while you're there but it's gonna feel like crap in your stomach when you're done with it um for most people, for me, I enjoy I enjoy it like it's the biggest sweet tooth problem in, in American history. Um, I I love Fast Ten. I love all the Fast movies. So Fast Ten was my second. Um, number three for me, and because I wanted to watch it, and because it fits who he is as a person, so as a character, this was right up his alley, and he killed it. Many people might disagree, but he killed it was Nicolas Cage in Renfield. And that's number three. Mm-hmm. Is that number three for you? That's my number three. All right. I don't mind so, it because it's a, in, it's a Nick Cage flick. So because Nick Cage, obviously, you know, he'll, he'll do a whole bunch of parts. He's even done, what, like five movies this year anyway. Yeah, um, which has basically just all been him doing popcorn so, flicks. Yeah. But, but this one, I think, was the best of the bunch. Um... And I think this one, because this one just plays into the goofiness of who he is. So he's, he is a funny ass Dracula while still being scary. While still, you know, still having a creepy face. Cause you know, he does have good facial expressions. Um, I mean, you know, the, the, the comedy in it was funny. Uh, the, the horror in it was, was for a comedy horror movie. The, the horror wasn't too cheesy, which I like. Like I hate when horror comedies go too cheesy. Um, it still had some good horror elements to it. Um, you know, the only part about it I didn't like and why I didn't put it over Fast, well, ten, not just because well, hey, I'm a fan of Fast of the Fast series, but I just don't like Aquafina at all. Rip. Uh, she's from the Queens. She's from Queens. Yeah, I don't. I don't <laughs> like her. Um, I find her annoying. I, I, I find her annoying. I find her annoying. It's not that. It's not that I don't like. I, I don't you know. It's not like you know. I know she's you know, she's funny to some people, but to me, I just find her annoying. I don't. I don't like the the. Listen, I know she's from Queens. I know that a lot of New Yorkers have that pride, just like we do in Jersey. But you know, like she comes off as fake to me. I don't like her. Um, I, I think it's fair though. Yeah, like you know, like it's almost like she she try like I, she's from New York, yes, but it feels like she tries to tries too hard to always put on a New York like accent. It's like you're from New York, we know how you speak. Just be be yourself. It feels like she tries too hard, and that's why I don't like her. I'm like, like you don't have to try so hard. Just be who you are. Um, 
but but <clears throat> but that movie in general between between Nicolas Cage and between what is that, what is his name Nicholas Holt Hoyt whatever his name is um hmm. yeah Holt I, I forget his name um but you know he was great in it um you know obviously playing the character of Renfield um you know it like I I loved it. It was fun. That's a real popcorn movie. That's a good one. You can just sit down and watch, and it's just it's just fun. Um, the kill the kills are great. The action's great. The comedy is pretty good. You know, so there's all that. You know, and it's obviously romantic undertones without without it being you know overly like sexual romantic. So which, you know it's it's nice. Um, so that's my number three. The worst, and this is going on a lot of people's worst list. And I don't think we really talked about it. I don't think either you talked about it from what I remember. I mean, I know we've been talking, we've been talking for a while now, but it's the flash. Oh, what? Um, it's the yes. worst. Yes. How? What? I have it in my top 10. <laughs> I no, liked it uh, a lot. What? I, the only thing that, that stops me from calling it probably my least favorite movie ever is the fact that it is the fact that it has, uh, a storyline that I can relate to losing, you know, losing a parent. Um, and that we talked about it when it came out, and you said you liked it, liked it, but but compared <laughs> to other movies, not as much. <laughs> so, so it's still, but so it's it's still near the bottom half of the movies that I've seen in the past few years, but it's the worst one of this year. Um, you know, I, I like, I like, I said, you know, I, 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 I like it, but then I, when I, but that was also before I watched. You know, before I went back and like I watched a few other movies and things like that, so I kind of it obviously went down to the bottom after I watched a few other things. That's fair. But, that's fair. But you know, like I liked it at the time. But remember, first reactions were not everything. So the first reaction, I liked it, and then the more I kind of went back and like remembered it and watched the, just kind of watched certain scenes of it and kind of watched bits and pieces. I'm like, wow, this really wasn't that well done. Like. I liked it because of two things at the time, and that's the 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 personal relatability of it of the story, obviously, and then obviously because I got, it was the first movie I ever watched as a kid on a VHS tape, Batman '89. So having Michael Keaton as Batman is one of my favorite things ever. So you know those two things were cool, and the way they introduced him was really cool, and it was funny. Um, and of course, the the let's get nuts line. Um, let's but, get nuts. <laughs> but but uh, but just man, the CGI is so bad, and the whole thing with Ezra Miller is is just it's it's you know it's like ugh, it's like I, I yeah, it don't certainly like it's, it certainly thing. hurts yeah. the movie. It certainly hurts the movie. I'm not saying it didn't like, when I watched it. I just and I just I think outside of Michael Keaton, the acting could have been better. Just in general, not even just with that, the acting could have been better. It wasn't great. It does, it feels kind of lifeless to me. Um, you know, it, it didn't feel like it hit hard enough like it should have. And then it just uh, like I said, on top of the cheesy, really bad CGI, it just it it really didn't. It really just made a mess of itself. Um, and the, and the only thing that really saved it was just the kind of the last like, you know. 15 minutes to a half hour of the emotional aspect of it. And then just Michael Keaton being Michael Keaton. Um, so that's why it's the worst. And then my biggest disappointment 
And I had high hopes going into this because of who directed it and who was in it and their history together. Um, I shouldn't say history. It's really like one movie, but still that one movie was fantastic. But the history between Ridley Scott and Joaquin Phoenix and my biggest disappointment is Napoleon. Um, I love, you know, I, I, as much as I, I, as much as in history, you know, I didn't pay attention to history class a lot when I was in school, but I loved learning about great military leaders. I loved learning about, you know, especially the ones that, that were basically tragic heroes or, you know, even died as a, you know, you live longer to see yourself become a villain. Some of these guys became villains towards the end of their lives, you know, and when I heard about Napoleon coming out, when I saw the trailers, especially during the football season, I was like, I want to see this. I love Ridley Scott as a director. I love Joaquin Phoenix as an actor. I love what they did together in Gladiator. That movie is beautiful from start to finish. Um, I could watch Gladiator a thousand times over and never get tired of it. Um, so I was like, you know what? I want to see this. Uh, but it was just it, the pacing of it was weird. Um, there was a lot of historical inaccuracies in the movie, especially in the point is not that hard to kind of follow by the book of his life. Yeah, it's pretty well documented. And, and the fact that they got a lot of stuff wrong and it kind of pissed me off. Um, the fact that walking, but then they like the acting is great. Don't get me wrong, but between the historical inaccuracies and the, the awkward pacing of it to me and the, the tone by the end of it being really, really like not even just dark, just creepy and dark. Um, I didn't, that was off putting. Um, also, I mean the, the, you know, like they didn't have to do like they, they didn't do it in glad they, they did it tastefully in gladiator when they like, this is going to sound weird, but you guys, if you watch Gladiator, you understand what I'm saying. When I say this, you know, they have the, the, the hints of incest in gladiator. Like, you know, like those things, like, but they didn't make it like creepy, creepy, like, like where you were just openly seeing that stuff happen. Whereas with Napoleon, like there didn't need to be like three sex scenes. You didn't need that. That was a little bit unnecessary. Um, you know, but you know, I just, I love Joaquin Phoenix. He was great in it. The, the thing, the good, the good things about it were it was him and the fight scenes were good that he was in but when he was away from the fight scenes and when when his soldiers were fighting it was very sloppy it felt very rushed uh it, it def- you could definitely tell it was it was heavily edited um but whenever he was on the battlefield it was great uh any scene he was in was great cuz Joaquin Phoenix is great um but just between the, the weird pacing, editing, the 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 sex scenes, um, and just because it, it was the big like it was really shown on TV a lot during football this football season, and it was really hyped up like every week, and I saw it on TV, and they were showing the commercial like three four times during during a game, so it was like they were really pushing it. So for it to be what it was, kind of was real disappointing. Um, so that's my biggest disappointment, but. That was it. And then the movies I wanted to watch, because you guys watched a lot of the ones I wanted to watch. I just never got around to them. I will eventually. But so the obvious ones, well, the two obvious ones, actually, um, everybody knows it. I wanted to watch Oppenheimer. 
never got around to it. My friends went to watch it, but I had to work that night. Otherwise, I would have went with them and watched it. It was a Friday night that they went. I had to work. Um, so I just missed out on seeing it. Really? Um, yeah. So I wanted to watch that. Of course, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. I'm a big Mission Impossible fan. It's one of my favorite movie series ever. Uh, you know, I watched I watched was a Ghost Protocol when it came out. Uh, like I I so you know I I'm a fan of that series. I've, I've watched the other ones. You know, I, I really wanted to watch this one. I'm pissed I didn't get a chance to, but I was holding out for Oppenheimer, especially about it being out the same exact time. And when my friends went to see Oppenheimer and I couldn't go because they told me too late and I couldn't get out of work, I was pissed. And then I, I kind of just I, I forgot all about Mission Impossible because I was so focused on Oppenheimer and just, it just fell apart. So I didn't get you a chance to watch either of those. I want to. I still will. They're, I can get them. So um, I'll definitely do that this year. I'll watch those. Um, but the other three are kind of ones that nobody really talked about. And. I feel like they should. Well, I shouldn't have not talked about because it it's gaining more steam now as it's kind of had time to settle. And that's Killers of the Flower Moon. I wanted to watch that. Really mm. interesting. Really interesting movie. I still I really have a lot of thoughts on that. I really, really wanted to watch it. Um, you know, once again, it's another historical kind of movie. Um, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio, he, I could watch him lick paint off a wall and I'll still think it's a great movie. <laughs> Um, I could watch. I could watch the character do anything. Doesn't matter what the hell it is. The only movie I can't watch him in. This is such a scorching hot take. But The Revenant, I can't watch him in that. I don't like it. Damn. Um, yeah. yeah. Don't like it. Damn. Um, I think that's his best movie. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. I, I. I just. I can't. I don't like it. I think his best movie. Believe it or not, and this is also me being part of also you know being a crime and action and drama kind of fan, is The Departed. So, well, I mean, um, yeah, that's good. Yeah, but I still want to watch Cures of the Flower Moon. I know it's had, you know, it's had great reviews. I I really want to watch. I wanted to watch it when it came out. My grandfather wanted to watch it when it came out. We never got around to it because also Napoleon was coming around the corner. And we wanted to watch that instead. So me and him watched it. Um, should have chose Cures of the Flower Moon. That was a mistake. Um, but but so definitely that one. And then the other two, nobody talked about, but. I love this series, and it's one of it features one of my favorite actors as a leading man of the series, and that's Denzel Washington because he doesn't do series, but this one he did, and I want to see Equalizer three. Oh yeah, um, because I heard it was the best of the series, and not just the best of the series. I heard it was one of the best action movies of the year. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't um, seen the first two, so I gotta see the first two before I worried about the first. The first two, I watched it in theaters. They were fantastic, phenomenal. You know, critics had you know iffy reviews because you know not everybody's a big you know Fuqua fan, and I and you know of course Denzel Washington doing that. You know nobody thought he was gonna make a sequel, um, because he doesn't do that kind of stuff. Um, but Equalizer three, I was surprised that it actually fared better than the first two. The first two had mixed reviews. This one had a 76% on Rotten Tomatoes. The other two had like 40 and like, I think 50. So this one completely blew it out of the water, apparently. It's definitely um, my favorite of the three. Yeah, a lot of people have said that. And the thing that sucks is that I wanted to absolutely 
watch this one. I just never got around. Once another, just again, it's second half of the year. I just never got around to watching. Like first half of the year, I watched Fast X. I watched John Wick. I had more time. And then once football season came around, and once once the weather got kind of cooler, and I was like, I can't make it to all these movies. So I was just like, I have to just skip them and just you know wait till I get around to them. So I missed a lot of my favorite movies and favorite actors. But that's what happens. So, but the Equalizer three is still definitely one I need to need to watch it. I watched the first two. I don't want to miss it. So. Gotta watch it. Love Denzel Washington as an actor. Training so Day is my Training Day is my favorite movie. Um, oh yeah, yeah. You know, but there's so many others you could pick. And then actually, my last one of ones I wanted to watch, and nobody really knows about it. Uh, but to me, he's a very underrated actor, and the movie itself had great reviews. And it, and it's it's another action movie, so I'm an action guy. It's what I it's what I do. Um. I am a Michael Fassbender fan, and I heard the killer was fantastic. So, mm. um, nobody talked about it. I mean, nobody really. I mean, I think it had a limited release. I think that's probably why. But everybody said it. Like everybody that uh, has you know at least professional like re- re- reviews of it are great. Has I think has like I mean, listen, Rotten Tomatoes is not a good credible source, but eighty five percent of Rotten Tomatoes it had to do something right. Um, so and Michael Fassbender to me everything he does. I love it. Uh, I loved him uh, in the new Alien movie, Alien Covenant. When that came out, I watched him in that. Um, I watched, I mean, obviously the X-Men stuff. It's fantastic. Um, at least to me. Um, you know, all that good stuff. So anything he does, I will watch. Um, I, I also kind of, I think with him, it's also weird because I have a story with, with one of his movies. And that is the fact that the last movie I saw with my father in theaters and my dad and I loved going to movies when I was a kid. And obviously I would still be doing that today if it wasn't for what happened. But, um, the last movie I saw was Assassin's Creed. Do you like Assassin's Creed? No. I, but I just have that fond memory of it. Yeah, that's you know? yeah, that's good. Yeah, you know, because it's it's tied it's tied to, to to one of the last memories of me and my dad. So, you know, it's <laughs> funny enough. My dad actually fell asleep during the middle of it. <laughs> so I'm sitting there Same. watching. It. I'm like, I'm not gonna lie, it disappointed the hell out of me. Assassin's Creed because you're gonna make a game. I'm making you're gonna make a movie about a video game like that. And it almost had nothing to do with the video game. Wait, it doesn't? Not really. What? Not really. <laughs> no, no, it had nothing. It had almost like maybe. What? How long was the goddamn movie? Hold on, wait a minute. The movie was it wasn't even long. The, yeah, the the movie wasn't was it? literally. It was, it was almost two almost two hours. It was about an hour forty five hour. No, more than that. Hour like hour fifty. Um, yeah, something like that. Um. But my God, I would say out of that hour 50, it had maybe, maybe 10 minutes of actual video game reference material. And the rest of it was just some sort of weird sci-fi flick. What? Sci-fi action flick. Yeah. It had nothing. It had nothing to do with Assassin's Creed. And they think they wanted to make it. And they think, and they think they, and they think they wanted to make a sequel of that movie. Oh my God. Like, like, here, here you go. Here we go. Um, 
and this is what this is here. Here's Sorry. the here's the Wikipedia of it. It generally received negative reviews from critics that are primarily aimed towards the plot and writing, though some considered it an improvement over previous video game film adaptations. Yeah, because most of them before that probably sucked. Because oh, Assassin's yeah, Creed Apple. was terrible. <laughs> like Assassin's Creed was awful. But yeah, but 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 Michael Fassbender uh, and that movie with the killer. I heard it was great this year. I'm gonna find a way to watch it. I could probably find some sort of you know third party stream. You know, wink, wink. Um, wink, wink. But but uh, yeah, because I think it's on Netflix or something like that. And I don't have Netflix. Um, so uh, I want to watch it. I heard it was good. It's about it. But it's, it's, it's a hitman story. I love anything with a hitman as long like Liam Neeson stuff. Everything he does with like being a hitman, I'll, I'll watch it. Um, but Michael Fassbender, right. I'll watch anything he does. Michael Fassbender is very talented, so I'll watch a killer when I get a chance to. But yeah, that that's my list of the movies. And even though I didn't watch as many as you guys, I still broke down a lot of my favorites. But my number one, you guys know this because I told you I'd come back to it. John Wick Four. John Wick Four, fantastic. Keanu Reeves, the whole the series has revived his career. It's made him more money than he's probably ever had in his career outside of the Matrix. Um, it's he's phenomenal in it. His acting's phenomenal in it. The action's phenomenal in it. The story, I mean, listen, here's the thing, too, if you want to watch it, because, you know, Rob, I know you have to keep up with it. I have, to watch, I have, I have to watch the first three. I'm not going to just I watch will, four without watching the first three. You have to, because it, it goes in order. The story yeah. kind of follows in order. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I will say, it's a, out of the four movies, it's a tale of two halves. The first two, the story is not great. The second two, they really kind of flesh it out more and make it more of a universe uh more than the first the first two are not really a universe like the first two they feel like it's just a regular action you know uh you know hitman kind of movie but the last two three and four really make it feel like it's a universe so yeah i mean they're doing a a john wick spinoff tv show so it makes sense yeah they have ballerina coming out with anna de armas too um so that's going to be interesting. Apparently, Keanu Reeves is going to be in it, also. So um, they have, they have, they also have the TV show, The Continental. Uh, yeah, I am a bit, and I want to visit The Continental in real life. It's in New York City, I believe. So um, I do want to see it. I know it's there. Um, but um, yeah, but John Wick Four, I will. I I I love anything Keanu Reeves related. I love him as an actor. Uh, and then when John Wick came out. The first one, I didn't think anything of it, and then when I heard it popped off, I immediately was. I went back and watched it. You know, like I think like a year after it came out, I'm like, wow, this is fantastic. And then two came out. Watched that in theaters. I watched three in theaters, and I watched four in theaters. And I will be, I will be watching five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, however many they make. I don't care. I'll uh, didn't, I don't didn't care. you? Didn't you get? Generation. Wait, didn't you get like a? Didn't you get like a? Uh, uh, like a, a popcorn? Oh yeah, John Wick four oh, yeah, popcorn I got, I got, cup. Uh, I got yeah, I got the collector's item. I got. Uh, <laughs> I got a collector's item because I went to go see it with my mom the day the day it came out. It was a Friday, and I had off from work, so I went to see it the day it came out. And uh, yeah, I have the the uh, official uh, the coins from the movie because remember in the movie they trade coins uh, as as kind of forms of currency. So I have the coins. Each one has one has like a, a shield on it. One has can't use his face as John Wick. One has. Uh, the actual coins that they trade with the high, the, basically the high table coins, and one has basically coins that you would see them trade each other in the Continental in the hotels. Um, and then 
to come with the to come with that. You can't eat popcorn out of it. It's not meant to be that. It's just collector's item. It's the popcorn bucket that comes with it, and it has like an animated Keanu Reeves on it. Uh, really cool looking. It's all in like red and black. Uh, the two sides of it say John Wick. The other one says uh, it's a high table thing. It says we seek the truth and we endure the consequences. Um, so it's a really uh, it's a really cool thing. I got that as a collector's item. That's that's been in my room, so, you know, since March. So it's going to be a year. It's crazy to think that that movie came out in March of last year, and I feel like I just saw it with my mom. And here we are, uh, ten months later. So two more months from now, and it'll be literally a year since that movie came out. So, you know, I loved it. That was probably that's my favorite of the year. It's never going to change. That 2023 was the year of John Wick four. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that's it for me. I. I I can talk about that movie all day long. We'll both be here another 10 hours. So Yeah. Um, yeah, that's it for our movies of the year. Speaking of Assassin's Creed, I am currently in the process of playing through AC1. Uh, I'm going to actually restart because I, I, I played it and then I got my Xbox One and then I got my Series X. But you can play it on Series X, uh, the 360 version. So... I'm yeah, gonna play, play the games. Don't watch the movie. Play the games. Yeah. Don't watch the movie. Yeah. So I, I when I played AC yeah. one, I was like, this is kind of boring, but I want to give it a second shot. I'm gonna actually take time and play it because I know it's a great game. Uh, it's just it's just a lot of kind of doing the same thing. But I think once I get the routine of it, I'll love it, especially at 1080p, 60 FPS on Series X, which is pretty cool. Um, but uh, thank you, Shane. Thank you, Brandon. Uh, and we will see you guys on Sunday night. For our season finale, quote unquote, uh, and then we'll reveal our playoff schedule um, as well for when we're recording and uploading. Uh, but uh, thank you guys for a great time as always. Yeah, sounds good. Yes, sir. We'll see you Sunday. Sounds good, everybody.